So this is No Sold, episode 64, back again, East-West Connection, here for Survivor Series 1993, Thanksgiving Eve tradition, it once was. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about how that faded out eventually, and now we're at Survivor Series War Games somehow in 2023. So it's come a long way, but how are you guys feeling? West Side Frank, how are you? <laughs> Good man, good. Uh, yeah, it was like I'm not a Survivor Series guy, as like we've mentioned in previous episodes. So it's you know it's fun to go back. It's interesting to me. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know if I'm convinced on the whole Survivor Series gimmick, but uh, we'll get into it. Duke, you are a Survivor Series guy, much like myself. Teams of five usually strive to survive. Uh, sometimes four in different uh, eras, but. How are you feeling, first of all? Like $1 million. Thanks for asking. Good. Um, Yeah, it's funny you say that because I felt the same thing. I'm like, yeah, remember like teams of five strive to survive? Like, I miss it. I definitely miss the format. I think it was original. And it's weird to me still that WWE has adapted like war games. I think it should be on like NXT or something like that. And I like the odd pairings of Survivor Series, but... Anyway, it is what it is, but like Frank said, cool to go back and uh, see these eclectic teams here from the Boston Garden. Yeah, from the Boston Garden. The um, Survivor Series for Frank isn't something like he doesn't like the concept, I guess, mm -hmm. as far as um, the eliminations and the random teams. That's something we always enjoy, Duke, and it's cool to go back with this one. Survivor Series 93. I kind of jumped on this when we were talking about one of the reviews, kind of like my my era, so to speak. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll talk about uh if it lived up to the to the to the hype of my memories. But um before we get into it, let's talk about we just did a Coliseum classic on Big Daddy Cool Diesel, which got a lot of positive feedback. Duke. Um next next week we're gonna talk about Rampage 91, another Coliseum. Rampage video. 91, yes, sir. That's that uh that cool time that I love. So looking forward to that. I know I'm very much looking forward to hear what you have to say about this one because I know this is like prime John Boy years. So uh, and yeah. Frank, like we mentioned, you not being such a fan of Survivor Series. By the time you like started watching, this wasn't even a thing anymore, right? Like the team yeah. matches. Yeah. Yeah, like it was pretty much wound up. I, I heard about it. You know what I mean? I knew like the lore of Survivor Series because of how they advertise it. But yeah, that was always, it was done. And it was no longer a big pay-per-view. It felt like for the company mm -hmm. where I always thought of it as the fourth of the big four yearly pay-per-views. And then, but I never had that experience really. Never felt anything close to me, you know, when it compared to SummerSlam, Rumble, and then obviously Mania. So, so for you, um, like when Thanksgiving approaches and whatnot for wrestling, like you don't think about Survivor Series even, right? It's not even a traditional nah, yeah, thing for you. Even, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because mm. for uh, Duke, probably you, just like me, that was like the mainstay. Thanksgiving, Wednesdays, Thanksgiving mm -hmm. Eve, when we were kids, that was happening. And it was a big deal. Yep. I yep. remember one uh, Survivor Series, it was a Thanksgiving Eve. And as soon as you said Wednesday, I always reminded I'm always reminded of it because uh Razor was doing an interview and he was like Wednesday 
<laughs> Wednesday. He's just he kept saying Wednesday. And I always remember that. I think it was probably when he was teaming with it was Blair? The, the tag team. Yeah, ninety-two was that? Yes. Yeah. Just a tag two on two. Yeah, tag. He, he's just like going back and forth. I don't know if you can even find the promo, but it's hilarious. Love it. Yeah. So this was a Thanksgiving tradition, Thanksgiving Eve, call it what you will. And it kind of got us in the mood to go back and watch some as we approach Thanksgiving here. Um, we're going to get into it. Survivor Series 1993. It was November 24th, 1993. Boston Garden, like Duke mentioned, 15,509 filled the arena. Good good crowd. Yeah. Because the business itself, the World, the World Wrestling Federation, was not at its peak, that's for sure. This was post-Hogan. There was a lot going on. Um, in the company itself we could call it a transition period you know uh it's it's just interesting because we we did this one 1993 which is what 30 years ago and the business now wwe is shattering records their crown jewel thing was like equaled three wrestlemanias they said and like i just as we go on through this show um i might draw yeah blood money but I want to draw like parallels to how it is now compared to this. Cause like I look back on 93 so fondly, but when you really peel back the curtain, like it wasn't really doing that well. And you, when you really, um, some of the, some of the side notes where it's like Vince McMahon being indicted for the steroid trial week before this pay-per-view took place mm. and the buys, um, we can talk about it now. I wanted to kind of get it into, into it at the end, but, this was the first time um, the, that their pay-per-view dropped below 200,000 buys since the Wrestling Classic, which was like way, way, way back when, 1985. So this was like a quote-unquote downtime or transitional time for the WWF. But in my child memory, like this was a great time. So maybe for kids now, you know, they love the business and they'll they'll think of it great when they're you know 30 40 years old but um here we are 1993 vince mcmahon bobby heenan on commentary fake doing the announcement as usual um i want to ask you guys what you thought about the opening segment wholesome lex luger and his family <laughs> quote unquote family frank what'd you think about it <laughs> that made me laugh that made me laugh too, especially like <clears throat> I'm thinking of Lex later in his career, more scandalous Lex. <laughs> so like to see this like opening package with his family, it was just funny to me. Um, super cheesy, and I was like, "Is this how all these old Survivor Series <laughs> were?" Because like I don't really know. So it, I don't know. It, it it made me laugh. Duke, um, his wife's name I think was actually the name of his wife at the time but obviously mm. they, like they used an actress they had mm -hmm. you know actor children and whatnot what do you think about this segment uh and the opening with lex luger and his uh, family giving you a holiday <laughs> wish <laughs> yeah like you know like frank said it's funny obviously it's silly i remember seeing that as a kid and being like that's luger's wife <laughs> yeah like being like really lex like I'm picturing him with like a Barbie doll, you know, not this. But I guess, like you said, they were going for the wholesome thing. And it's yeah. funny because like I love Luger, but like you can always tell he's like kind of uncomfortable in these situations, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it's typical WWF, you know, 
trying to pump up the good guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what they were trying to do. Um, it's headlined by the All-Americans versus the Four Fanatics. That's the main event of this show. So we'll get to that later. Duke, we didn't get like the traditional um, sort of Vince McMahon, you know, over the top intro for mm-hmm. Survivor Series. We did one last year. I think we reviewed 87 or 88 Survivor Series and they introduced the teams. It's like a lot of energy. This one, it's just like cold open with Lex and the family and then a very weird opening video for the Survivor Series logo. There's like screaming going on. <laughs> so it's like we got a little Halloween vibes. We got Thanksgiving vibes. Later, we're going to have Christmas vibes. So there's little yeah, bit of a yeah. little bit of uh all the holidays being represented but anyways we had uh star spangled banner and then heenan and vince welcome us to the show bobby he he talks about the importance of teamwork and just how this is all gonna you know it goes through for the the fans just the the strategies and whatnot it was a what do you guys think of heenan and vince because usually we give a lot of love to vince and jesse or bobby and gorilla but what do you guys think of bobby and vince I want to say it did like strike me as Vince didn't catch like the, like the, the lead in lines that Bobby would feed Mm. him or whatever, like gorilla would, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, I thought it worked mostly though, that being said, but I did, I was like, man, there is a difference in chemistry here, but Bobby, I thought was still great. I thought Vince was fine as well. Um, You know, but Bobby's still the man. He was, you know, he was funny throughout this whole show. Yep. Duke, this was actually Bobby Heenan's, last pay-per-view oh wow for the wwf anyway before wcw yeah um it's funny because we talked fairly recently about when we covered the halloween havoc uh 89 episode um we talked about how much like jim ross brought to that Mm -hmm. uh telecast and how it genuinely made it better um and i think throughout this like i was like wow like bobby is so good like excuse me like you said bobby and gorilla is like where you go but um bobby with anybody is just so entertaining it's it's funny because like now on wrestling you just don't get that man like on current wwe the the commentating is so brutal like you want to turn it off Mm-hmm. But throughout this, I'm literally laughing out loud. I don't know about mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah. I'm yeah. watching this and Bobby is making me laugh yeah. out loud. Like when I'm watching something by myself, he genuinely adds to the enjoyment of this show throughout like several times. And in, in the later on in one match, I cracked up like several times when he's just and, you know, it's impossible to cover everything that he says because it's literally yeah, yeah. at least five things a match that I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my God, he's just the man, you know? Yeah. But yeah, absolutely brought like so much more to the show. It's it's yeah, crazy how, yeah, we just miss that now. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say, um, Bobby, I think we love him so much because he seems... In a world of like bad actors or like, you know, over trying so hard um, in, in wrestling, Heenan feels like he could have fit in like in like mainstream comedy or like on a on a talk show, like, a, 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 you yeah. know, a primetime show. Frank, you mm-hmm. feel like he was he transcended kind of wrestling with his wit. Yeah, and all. Dude, yeah, he was so weird. His wit was like another level. 
like you just saw it in like in that opening match or whatever when with him going back and forth with Vince like Vince just couldn't handle what Bobby was throwing mm-hmm. at him sometimes you know and it's just like because he was just a different level when he came to that on the fly kind of dropping gems so you know I think this is like a MVP performance by Bobby. I'll be be honest, because like oh, we yeah. always love him, but like Duke was saying throughout this whole event, I was like, dude, he's on the money tonight. Mm-hmm. Like he had the juice. Yeah, I, it was great performance. I think too, like when you talk about like him and Vince, it's just him and Gorilla had such a great dynamic because they played off of each other, and Gorilla was just so like the innocent like grandfather yeah and then bobby's the weasel you know for lack of a better word and they were just like polar opposites but obviously great friends in real life and they just and bobby too it's not that cringy humor man no he's just a very articulate and fast and clever guy and it's just right off the tongue with him you know vince even says i think i think it's vince throughout the show vince is like do you prepare this or something like how do you come up with this so quick you know (laughs) i think it was vince that asked him but yeah man super super enjoyable bobby is the goat period like Mm -hmm. there's no better color man than bobby the brain heenan even in wcw when he leaves he's still on the money Mm -hmm. well i was gonna ask you guys the mvp (laughs) of this show when uh when we got to the end but maybe we're burying our uh our finish here with, yeah. with, with MVP. Cause, cause Heenan was top of the line. Fantastic. Um, so match one, we are going to have elimination matches on the survivor series. Some years they didn't do them. Some years they just, for whatever reason, decided uh, to stop or have singles matches or whatever this one or tournaments, but this one we're going to put some teamwork elimination matches match one. We got some really, really, some of our favorites i'll say in one match here between the three of us great great talent wrapped up they didn't give them names duke not that yeah. i can find because sometimes yep. the teams get names but we'll just I call thought i missed i thought i missed the names when i was like i was writing it down for my score mm-hmm. purposes and i was just like did i not catch like a team name you know what i mean <laughs> and i went back and i was like oh i guess not yeah like you said i think they only gave it to the main event right that's which true. Is a shame and you mentioned too like vince not doing the intros i love that i really did like i love vince's over the top like wrestlemania like i love that voice so like even well, be- though he presented it weird sometimes but i did like when they you know would show the graphic and the guys and you know that was fun same but... yeah that saxophone music underneath yeah, usually so, yeah yeah exactly like you said, those super cool teams. Very much looking forward to talk about this, this first one. match. Yeah, yeah. Um, really quick though, on that is, is Vince didn't do the intro, and they also get out of there in the final match, like right after. It's it's almost as if like because Vince had a little bit going on with a steroid. Yeah. Tr- like maybe like <clears throat> he was just sh- you know he was there. Mm-hmm. He he did his thing, and he's like, we gotta we gotta wrap it up. But um, I'll tell you what though, he still did a damn good job of booking this with all the curveballs thrown at him. And there were a lot of those. Yeah. As we'll talk about, you'll get to them, but yeah. So let's talk about it. Match one. So the team is, we'll call them the baby faces. We got razor Ramon, one, two, three kid, Marty Jannetty. And what was supposed to be Mr. Perfect is replaced by macho man, Randy Savage. And uh, razor Ramon's the one to, 
you know, tell the crowd, he introduces the partner, kind of talks about how, you know, he covers up for Mr. Perfect. He's so perfect that he bailed on the team before he did, before he made a tag, you know, the true story, or at least, you know, what you could find on the internet is perfect was he had some nagging injuries and he was also not super happy with his booking at the time. There was an intercontinental title tournament or a battle Royal type of thing, which Razor Ramon won. Mr. Perfect thought he should have got the Intercontinental title back. Supposedly, he wasn't so mm. thrilled with where he stood in the company. But this was coming to, uh, towards the end of his WWF run. So we'll talk about, um, you know, the rest of the guys in the match. The other team now, we got Diesel, the man we covered last week, Coliseum Classics. So we got Diesel, a young Diesel, five months into his run here. Adam Baum, Erwin R. Scheister, and one... Rick Martel, model Rick Martel, who Razor Ramon just beat for that IC title in the final of a tournament type thing. So they had some uh, interaction between those two. So we got faces and heels. The fans in this crowd, like, say what you will, but one kid was losing his mind during Janetti's entrance. <laughs> I don't know if you caught it. Like, kid got a great reaction. All these baby faces well, got and Mach, you know. Mm-hmm. crazy reaction that, that kid had to be uh super stoked by the time <laughs> this was wrapping up <laughs> right that's exactly right yeah but- i'll say um the crowd was really into this match like you said um and when razor introduced macho like that was a pretty loud reaction man for yeah. Mach, which was awesome and it's just like you know, you look back and like Macho leaves not too long after this. And it's a shame because like he just wanted to wrestle, man. And Vince yeah. was forcing him out, you know, to do commentary and stuff like that. And uh, then he left and like Vince was genuinely sad when he did. But it's like, bro, like, why? I just I don't get it. Because like you see the reaction that he gets when he gets in the ring he still looks great it's just so strange to me that like i don't know if vince was really looking for this like new generation to push this thing but like he could help those guys yeah. you know like it's just so frustrating so think about it frank Mach came in around 86 87 we'll call it this is 93 so like a six-year run okay i know he was you know a little older as far as the rest guys now though what do we got like Ms. Cope, they're on their like 20th year. 20 so. years. Yeah. Yeah. But we couldn't get more than six out of Mach. I know. It's crazy. And especially crazy because like everything that Duke mentioned, he ends up going to another company and he's like a top guy for years to come. You know what yep. I mean? You could say another five years minimum, he's like a top guy over there. 99 already, maybe it's weird for him. But like I don't, it doesn't make sense, you know, and there's always the scandalous stories that we've heard and rumors that we've heard and like, you'll never know, but it's, it doesn't make sense from a Vince point of view too. And Vince works with everybody. He bought warrior back. You know what I mean? Like he, he would do anything for business. Mm-hmm. It seemed Vince, you know, and Mach just never came back, you know, and it, it was just, a, it was just a strange thing. Yeah. The thing is like, we, we've heard about like the scandal quote unquote, mm-hmm. like the rumors, like, Vince, when he, when Mach left, like, you can look this up, like, Vince is visibly, like, upset. He's like, unfortunately, we couldn't come to terms on a new contract. You know, he said it live on Raw, and, like, he looks distressed, like, and Vince isn't a great actor. Right. So, like, I I don't 
get well, it. He he, he like, also gave him so much respect on the way out, yeah, even he after said, he left. Like, so one of the greatest of all time, you know. Like he he really puts him over when he leaves. So like. I don't know. That scandal is weird to me. I always thought that was weird. Sure. Like, I For just sure. don't. Macho Man did so much with like kids and stuff. And like, yeah. I don't, I just don't believe it. I don't yeah. know. I just, it was weird. Like you said, like he brought Warrior back. Mm -hmm. But like, I read that, like, you know, it just really hurt him when Macho Man left. But I don't know. There's always, there's something there. Yeah. 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 Well, he was nearing the end of his run here a lot of these guys were mr perfect obviously we mentioned rick martell wouldn't be around much longer in this company um so we're, we're moving into quote unquote the new generation it wasn't labeled that quite yet but it's a transition period for sure but early on we get chain wrestling between razor and martell i think they had good chemistry and i was impressed with vince calling the wrestling moves like for a guy we think of now who hates the business like the wrestling yeah. part of the business he was so like on top of like hammer locks and just every like detail of the move so good chain wrestling in the beginning between those two adam bomb was in there overpowering razor frank i think this is something you hate about survivor series a lot of people that don't like survivor series it's because like tension always seems to arise like arise between teams and that's what we got with the heels like before long they were kind of like fighting amongst each other in in fighting yeah it just mm -hmm. you know i feel like that's anytime you have a match of four on four guys or five on four, there's always some in come some kind of internal conflict you know between members and you know now this is this is 1993 so now you know nowadays it's super played out you know but back right. then i could i could see it being more effective maybe for the time but yeah, it's just giant team matches usually aren't my bag. But I thought of that as I saw them kind of bickering, but they are bickering the heels and Savage is egging them on, like on the turnbuckle, telling yeah. the crowd to, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's funny stuff. Um, they were losing their mind, too. The crowd was into it. They really were. The crowd, like you said, were really into this match. They were into the participants in this match. It was great to see. Um, because it wasn't the case throughout all the matches. So we'll, we'll talk I, about it. I had the thought too at one point, just like looking at the guys in this match, like a lot of guys we love, but then there's Adam Bomb as well. And like there was a moment where like he tags out and Diesel comes in. And I'm like, if I'm Adam Bomb, I could be like, why is this guy, you know what I mean, about to get this push and not, and mm -hmm. not you know, because they're both mm -hmm. jacked, tall dudes. Yeah. And I'll, you know, at that moment in time, I thought Adam Bomb looked cooler. You know what I mean? Like that version of Diesel next to that version of Adam Bomb. I was like, man, but you just see like there's something to the guy, Diesel. He popped us a rating. So you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he sure did. For those that uh, say Diesel can't draw, one of our highest viewed <laughs> videos on YouTube, the Coliseum Classics episode of Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Yeah. So be sure to check that out. Yeah, that, make, that makes me happy. Notice like Adam Bomb getting some love from these fans. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. When he's like beating up the good guys, like he looks cool, very cool. Super cool. I was yeah. into him back yeah. in the day. Me too. Sure. I was gonna ask you guys because I didn't always love all the heels, mm -hmm. but this guy, I like as a kid, I was ten years old here, and I yeah. like I was kind of scared of him at first. Duke, remember, like <laughs> he was a little like darker when he first yeah. came in. He was a little brighter here, but um, yeah, yeah. No, I noticed that as well, and I was surprised to hear you say that, Frank, because I don't think you were ever really one to put over. Uh well you like chronic maybe later Brian Clark yeah, right? nah. I like Wrath yeah um, I was gonna yeah, say Wrath was cool. Rath, yeah Wrath I thought was cool for a second um also put down by Diesel in a way yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. 
but uh you know yeah so like i don't i don't hate the guy i don't you know as i got older i realized he's kind of he just is what he was you know what i mean but um but i did like him you know chronic i never got into really but like i wanted to like him when i saw him come out I just thought they were cornballs mm-hmm. you know but um <laughs> well, well his partner in chronic we will talk about him for sure yeah coming up soon um also i was gonna say with diesel we were about three or four months away from the rumble which is really when he organically started to mm-hmm. get over so i think here they were probably testing some waters and whatnot but as we find out early on diesel's not you know long for this match here yeah we'll get into you know the fact that he's eliminated first he's out after a savage elbow and mm-hmm. um you know it's crazy because I, I i before that he was having he was having some cool interaction with the kid throwing him around mm-hmm. like a rag doll kid made everyone in this match look tremendous and we'll talk yeah. about sean waltman the kid um but yeah diesel's out first and bobby and vince i feel like like we said earlier a tremendous job calling this stuff the crowd was into it then frank your boy crush comes out to distract savage terrible and then savage is eliminated by rs so that's two inter- eliminations what were you guys thinking two of the best guys in this yeah. match right at the yeah. back per- yeah personally you know what i mean like that that's probably my biggest critique of the match because i enjoy this matchup you know, I did think it was a fun match. Obviously, when you have a bunch of guys you love, it's just cool to see them all interact. And I thought Razor was a highlight, you know, while he was in the match, too. You know, I thought he looked freakishly strong lifting these dudes up who are not little guys, and he's tossing Mm-mm. them around. Um, but, yeah, but, like, the order of eliminations, I left a lot to be desired <laughs> for, for me, personally. Yep. Also, you're talking about power, Savage, Body Slam, and Diesel, like <laughs> yeah. nothing. Like, yeah. lifted him right up big yep. elbow and then eliminates them mm-hmm. and then yeah like you said yeah it's it it is the eliminations are interesting yeah. if you're going in not knowing who won this match it's like huh okay yeah. diesel didn't <laughs> okay yeah. <laughs> yeah so razor then eliminated irs with the razor's edge only to be eliminated right after by count out after irs hits him with the briefcase so we get a build of their feud i guess this this match, Survivor Series match, is always a way to kind of continue continue like feuds within mm-hmm. the matches, within the feuds, and that's what we're getting here. So we're down to Janetti and the kid. IRS uh, got some color, too. Yeah, when he's hard, leaving. hard way probably, right? Erwin R. Scheister, for those that don't know, father of the late, great Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we didn't spend too much time talking about him in this match, but he in this gear, and I always hated this gear. I get it. I, it was <laughs> yeah. part of his character. Yeah, Man, he's always drenched. Like, oh it's my god, so, it's so, yep. so hot to work in that shit. Oh, yeah. He also looked a little heavier. He like, did, even when Razor got him up. Yeah, for the Razor's Edge, I'm like, damn, like that that's a big like boy. Good. Yeah, it's yeah, and boy. his tongue's hanging out. I don't know if you guys saw that. His tie. Vin- <laughs> oh, yeah. Bobby, Bobby would always say, "Oh, he's he's holding him by his tongue." And real that's quick, funny. and then I'll shut up. But there's uh, four Hall of Famers in this match. Uh, should be. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. I think there should be seven Hall of Famers in this match. Well, so, give, me, give me the four for definitive. So the four for sure are Diesel, mm-hmm. uh, Sean Waltman, one, two, three, kid, as a member of DX NWO. and the NWO. NWO as well, yeah. Um, Macho Man Randy Savage. And um, uh, Razor, of course, Razor Ramon. So... <laughs> Do the Rockers belong in the Hall of Fame? Probably. I think so. 
for their influence alone. Exactly. I mean, some some could say they were influenced by two gentlemen later on in this card, yeah. right? Maybe, mm -hmm. but and uh, for sure. But it's just like the modern. It'd be to me I, as like similar as they are. It's like saying like, well, like the the young bucks were influenced by the rocker. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's the same yeah. thing. You know what down. I mean? They're all doing the same thing, essentially, yep. just modernized versions of it. So. I think they do. You know, I don't like HBK. Mm -hmm. um, Janetti's a psychopath. It's been, it's been well noted. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to hear about um, your Shawn Michaels opinions on this match, uh, on this show, though, because this is. Uh... So, yeah. God, sorry. You, no, you guys, to... what do you think? Real quick, yeah. and then we'll move on. So Rockers, Rockers. would make it. Uh, Rockers. Uh, yeah, I say, yeah. Like you said, that's immediately what I thought, John. Influence, you know, yeah. like the Hardys. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, exactly. you know, Hardys, like, yeah. and then exactly. I feel like the Young Bucks is kind of like the Hardys. The Young Bucks don't happen without the Hardys. The, the Hardys yeah, don't exactly. happen without the. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. they never won the tag team title. And both of like, those teams changed the business in a way. If you think about yeah, it. the Hardys in dude, one like, way and the Bucks in another. What what the Rockers were doing too was like they were doing some crazy stuff back then. You know, so yeah. I think I think that's what it is. Marty's a friggin' psychopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's probably what's holding You'll it. You'll never like, get it. Donald no. yeah. Um, Rick Martell, absolutely, hands down, should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, Jake the Snake actually talked about this and said that he wonders if Martell just, like, doesn't want to come and accept it. I would, I would almost bet that's what it is. He's disappeared from the biz. Yeah, but, I mean, he's, I mean, you see it in this match, too. Like, it's towards the end of his run, quote, unquote. He's still one of the bright spots. Oh, him and Razor in the beginning. It's great yeah, stuff. Awesome. Great, and then great technical wrestling. IRS, I think. Obviously, it's well noted. I feel yeah. like I talk about it every week. Yeah. Hey, Triple H thought he was in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That, how about it? So, yeah. So, if you had your Get way, in. Every, everybody in this match would be in the Hall of Fame except Adam Bomb getting pushed to the side again. And, mm. yeah, I mean, and, you know, listen, I liked Adam Bomb, but yep. he's that, not a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer. Right. Not everybody can be. But, no, that's a good point. Um. And oh, with be where is I know mm -hmm. that's always the metric. So Janetti and the kid versus Adam bomb and Martel Duke. This is one little bit of research. I forgot to do Janetti and the kid. They won the tag titles. Damn it. Was I it... knew you're I don't know because I thought it's before or after. I don't know. Okay. I, I didn't do it because I'm like, I was like, John will know. <laughs> I mean, they beat the Quebecers, right? Yeah. So I'm Quebecers... feeling yeah. I think it they probably already did. Right. But I, I don't know for sure. And I I swore you would know because this is kind of your time, you know. Yeah, I have to clear that one up, but I do know um the crowd loved no this team, this this final two, Janetti and the kid. They were all in on them versus Adam Baum and Rick Martel. Crowd is chanting one, two, three, and one of those Bobby Zingers, he says he's impressed that Boston can count that count that high, you know, just <laughs> Stupid little zinger. Can like I that. tell you one more Bobby Zinger that was it popped me? Yeah. He says, Oh, I know how to beat the one, two, three kid. Just put out a couple of Oreos and some milk. And sure then and pop for that. When he's done looking at like I was dying, awesome. dude. Like it's just these stupid, it's almost like um Looney Tunes. Like when I was a kid, I didn't get the jokes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These were all over him. my head as a kid. And yeah. And like, then you listen to him, and man, he's just bravo, Bobby. Agreed. So, Adam Bomb, impressive uh, 
even though the kid made him look great, they had a cool little exchange there where uh, Bomb was throwing him out of the ring and they were kind of having a little bit of a moment there. Kid eliminates Martel with a picture-perfect sunset flip and Janetti eliminates Adam Bomb. These two men are the survivors. Marty Janetti, one, two, three, kid, out of <laughs> all these yeah. talented workers. Hey, you could have went a bunch of different ways with it, so I'm not really mad at it. I, I want to hear yeah. what you guys think. <clears throat> they are the survivors. It's a showcase for the kid at the end, and Vince was clearly high on him, you know, and mm -hmm. that's a pretty cool thing to see, like, because who would have thought this little young white yeah. meat baby face would get the Vince stamp of approval? Mm-hmm. Dude, it, it caught me by surprise, especially Janetti being there. Because, like, when you see the teams, you know, there's always a guy or two who you're like, all right, well, here's the jabroni, like the first one out guy. When you see Janetti, <laughs> and I don't know what's going on at the time, you know, in WS, like, you know, world, but I see Janetti come out. I'm like, okay. And and the kid, you know, for all accounts, you know, I see them two go out. I go, okay, you, I know they're, what they're there for to make, the, look, make these other clumsy guys look good, you know, but. You're not lasting, right? And then they're the <laughs> final two standing. But the two of them, too. Not even one of right. them survived. Like, if the kid yeah. barely survived and stole it. But the two of the guys, uh, yeah, it just caught me off guard. But, you know, whatever. It's just funny to me seeing Janetti there. Because, like, I didn't watch a ton of Marty Janetti, right, as it was happening, especially. So, sort of, like, I always think of him as the other guy. You know, there's always the other guy in the tag team. You know, he's always the other guy to, to see him win the Survivor Series match with a bunch of Hall of Famers. <laughs> that's true duke you're we're all attire guys you especially uh did you catch that match kind of matched genetic this is why you're my friend mm -hmm. this is why my brother mm -hmm. yeah the macho martys obviously should have been <laughs> the two sole survivors they were matching up yeah not so much though this kid and marty one thing is cool you if you didn't if you've never watched this match before you didn't see this coming. Yeah. No, you did not. So I'm sure I'm sure Sharon watching for the first time was like, oh, they won, you know? Well, when Macho went out, she's like, wasn't he? Yeah, I said, well, not at this point. You know, clearly he had other things going on <laughs> yeah. with uh, with Crush and whatnot. But so, yeah, a very long feud with Crush. But I wanted to say the booking was probably not super popular for people then. And even upon our rewatch, maybe we would have did things differently. But Maybe props that like the replacement for Mr. Perfect isn't the like standing at the end. Like they did, they went another way. They zagged. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's good or bad for you guys. So what'd you rate it? Let me hear it. I gave it a seven out of 10. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I had fun with the match. You know, watching it, you know, I'm a Mark dude. So I see Razor, <laughs> I see Diesel, I see Mach. It's it's hard to get over that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that those dudes are participating in a match at the same time. So I was in from the jump. I thought it was a super strong start to the pay per view. So I was I was I was pumped from here on out. Honey Duke, would you have it? Yeah, I'm I'm almost right there with Frank. Um, we say it all the time. Like if your guys are involved, you're gonna enjoy it more. You know, um, we didn't have too much of a story going in which is like something that I love. I'm a big story guy, even in the ring. I think you can tell a story, but like with these kind of thrown together matches, you don't get that. That being said, I thought it was super fun. I had a lot of fun watching it and listening to Bobby throughout crack me up. Like I said, so um, I am disappointed that Mr. Perfect wasn't in it. Uh, obviously, if you're going to give me a replacement, give me my second favorite wrestler of all time. 
So that's cool. But it would have been cool to see Perfect and Razor at this point together because they were a former tag team in the AWA. But yeah. anyway, 6.5 out of 10. Really enjoyed it. Um, all the guys. I mean, I pretty much like every guy in this match. So it was it was fun for me. We're all in the, yeah, we're all in the same boat. Frank and I dead even seven out of ten. I had it. I think it was much of what you guys are talking about. The town involved. It's like eye candy almost. You know, you're yeah. just you're looking at it, you're enjoying it. You got the Heenan and Vince uh, you know, to 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 top it off. So I enjoyed it as well. Seven out of ten. Very strong start to a show. And like you, Frank, I was thinking. All right, this is Survivor Series. This is what I love about it. And I know I have other Survivor Series events that I might prefer over this year, but I swore this year brought a lot of good memories. We'll continue on to see if I was right. Um, but that was a very good start. And HB before we move on, I will say that if it's a different finish, like if it's Razor and Macho at the end, this might be like a nine out of ten for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, but like sure. the ending. The I love the kid. Yeah, I yeah. love the kid. It's noted. Um, but like out of all that, like kid and Marty at the end, it kind of for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll get into this maybe on another episode, but as far as um Survivor Series teams, mm -hmm. like, you know, even Genetti, because I got a soft spot for him. This team sure. is super duper cool, I think. Very cool. Mm -hmm. When you get when you get them together, because you know, Razor Kid and Mach alone being on the same team. So it was fun. I, I enjoyed that first match. HBK is backstage with Todd Pettengill declaring that he's still the undisputed IC champ. We cut to the Hart family in the locker room talking about the upcoming match against Shawn Michaels and his Knights. We'll talk about that and why that's a thing in a minute. But let's talk about the Hart family real quick. Brett calling Stu the big tiger. <laughs> he's he's there as Stu wearing a Detroit Pistons jacket in Boston. Questionable move. Is he? Yes. It says Pistons. For the, for the interview? Yes, because he switches jackets. Oh, wow. How about that? For the interview, he's wearing a blue Detroit Pistons jacket. Oh, gosh. For anybody who knows in you know NBA lore, the bad boys were just beating up on Boston. It's probably not a babyface thing for Stu. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even catch that because I always remember what he wears you know ringside. ringside also uh brett the hitman heart looking like a genuine giant here <laughs> amongst yeah. his, brothers. his brothers like yeah. it's crazy also uh, even owen looks great yeah but like he is like towering over these guys and i'm like looking like is did they did they stand him on something right you know, now do that sometimes you know like to have a guy stand out but no he's just got those awesome pink and black austin hall cowboy boots on and uh yeah he's a giant also bret hart the same height as big bronson reed the current wwe <laughs> superstar so how about that yeah the giant bronson reed frank so we got bruce hart keith hart <laughs> owen hart yep. these are the brothers that are going to be fighting by brett's side tonight we get the hart family um let me see if i get this right so keith fireman yep <laughs> bruce school substitute school teacher these are the men coming out of retirement to, to get uh brett's back yep i'm in i'm on board i I see it's the the heart family and i'm like i'm ready for this match i was into this matchup i was i talked with john boy before the uh before we uh started this podcast and i was like i was more into this match than most of the stuff on this show i'll be honest 
So I know wow. you love I know you love Brett and I know you love Owen. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you don't love Shawn Michaels. So I was curious to hear your opinions on this one and we'll get into it. Yeah. Duke, you mentioned um you kind of made a sound when I said HBK and the Knights because we got Shawn Michaels in three nights as opposed <laughs> to Jerry the King Lawler in three nights. Yeah. Shawn Michaels is a replacement for Jerry the King Lawler. Another monkey wrench thrown Vince's way. Mm-hmm. Lawler with some legal issues right before the uh pay-per-view he was fired and eventually he would make amends and be exonerated apparently. But whatever those charges were did not look good at the time at all. Mm-hmm. And, and he was not part of the show. So this is where, you know, I know Vince likes to change everything last minute. That's he's got like a reputation for it, but why wouldn't he change Shawn Michaels and three nights and <laughs> give him give the man three regular partners, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> that was something I didn't understand. Yeah, um, even at the time, like I, I watched this fairly, you know, real time, and I remember like being confused. Um, but I mean, if you're gonna replace anybody, because I'll tell you what, like Sean did a great job in this match. Like he really did. Thank he you. Really carried that this was good. Match. All right, thank you. I, I yeah, no, hundred percent. I'm I, I am not a Shawn Michaels uh hater like like our associate here. No, but, but uh, I was gonna really put over his work. No, I so and it's it's it. it's due for sure. He really, you know, once again, I think this is a this is a great spot for Sean too, you know. Like Jerry Lawler gets into some trouble. Vince is like, hey, can you fill in? What you know, like, sure, boss, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And like look what happened to him afterwards, you know. This could be one of those make or break moments for Sean that like he real because he really did shine in this match. Um as far as the brother's heart, uh Keith seems like I wanna like hang out with him. He seems like the nicest dude like ever. He just so wholesome, you know, mm-hmm. like a wholesome Canadian boy. And Bruce, uh for those that don't know, former partner of one Brian Pillman as bad company in in uh canada so yeah this one was it was a weird thing because like i said you know you like to have a story leading up but i think vince did a good job once again like monkey wrench and i think he did you know what he could and i thought sean's promo before was super funny it was like very old school because he's like playing like you're a teacher. I don't need to be taught anything. You're a fireman. I'm too hot to put out. Like <laughs> it's super old school WWF, but I thought he did really good. And um, Sean really shines in this match for me. Glad you said that. And it's funny because I'm watching that Sean promo and I'm thinking like, it's going to be cringy because early Sean stuff was a little over top to chewing the gum and like it was <laughs> but he was starting to become more comfortable here it's obvious you know and he even talks about him and brett having a history and frank you know they have a long history this is just another chapter though and it's cool that like the way their careers went they seem to always like overlap and have mm. um sort of and like i said this is another chapter and it is interesting that he had to step in for lawler but i think he rose to the occasion we'll talk about it in the match but yeah, the promo I thought was really strong too, as as cheesy, you know, as old school as it was. Um, I personally, we just reviewed King of the Ring '93 earlier this year. We talked about Lawler and Brett's feud and how, because Lawler attacked the King Bret Hart at the end of the show, and we were like, God, of all the people, and 
as a kid, I just hated the feud. Mm-hmm. But this was actually the culmination of their feud, quote unquote, yep. or supposed to be, I guess. Yeah. Um, unfortunate, I guess, but fortunate for Shawn Michaels and maybe fortunate for us because the king better and the match, match yeah. better match, right? Frank. Yeah, most likely. I mean, I so I didn't even know about any of this king drama going into this. So I'm watching this match and go, why does Shawn Michaels have a bunch of knights? You know, <laughs> but I'm like, whatever. It's 19 early 90s WWF, you know, crazier <laughs> stuff has happened. Um, so I didn't even think anything of Tucci filled me in. So obviously the king there it makes way more sense story-wise. Um mm-hmm. but uh but like, like you guys said, Shawn Michaels did well. I enjoyed this match a lot, and I want to get into it because first of all when these knights are coming out you know at first i'm like i you know i don't know who i see the uh the red knight i don't know which one came out first it was the red or black knight and i was like i don't know who that is but then the blue knight comes out and i'm like it has me squinting because i'm like this little refrigerator little built <laughs> little like a little refrigerator guy i'm like who is this i could like i felt like i knew who it was so i had to look into it and i see it's greg the hammer valentine did you figure it out before you i didn't i no. didn't and as soon as i saw it i was like it hit me like i should have known you know what i mean yeah. but like he was the one that made me go like is that somebody i know you know what mm-hmm. i mean i was like he's built so weird um yeah so it was funny to see who those guys were but then just those heart brothers i found myself cheering for them mm. especially keith um you know like i found, keith's very likable yeah like when he was in there i was like proud of him you know what i mean like what he was doing in there and stuff so you know i found and like and then with bruce you know he does so much extra stuff you know like he to make a tag he does like a whole flip over to the corner to make a tag and he adds like little extra pizzazz to everything he does you know so like every time bruce was in there i was watching because i was knew i was going to get a pop from something silly he does that's (laughs) unnecessary and then keith i was like i found myself cheering for him but that like goes to show Sean doing a real good job in there because he's the one that has to work with all these dudes, really. The Knights, no offense to those guys, but they were all kind of brutal in there. Greg the Hammer Valentine, who I've shown love on the show, John Boy just hated on him. And I get why, but you see it in this match. Slows it down, mm-hmm. boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's sort of Did like... Did you oh, see uh, one time, we'll, we'll get to it, he clips Brett in the mouth on like a, mm-hmm. a clothesline when Brett's kind of like... I think he's got the sharpshooter locked in or something, and he uh-huh. comes in to break it up. But he really, really clips right on the <laughs> mouth, and he's just very, like, very oofy, you know, Greg. Yeah, yeah, point, yeah. Very kind of like slowed down. But um, yeah, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on some of the specifics. But I do want to mention, you know, somebody Frank might not know a damn thing about Ray Combs is in here doing the Family <laughs> Feud thing. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Ray runs, yeah, yeah, but yeah. but uh, Ray Combs at the time pretty big deal i suppose he was doing the introductions crowd was not feeling his his jokes no, they were no, pretty awful care yeah did not care although Vince i loved them yes he did <laughs> but uh ray combs does introduce the hart family ringside uh as well we get martha hart there which is interesting to see martha there wayne helen so they got like 20 hearts in the crowd <laughs> um and then like you said the knights come out and we have to discuss some of the guys so jeff gaylord is the black knight mm-hmm. worst name ever worst yeah. name ever <laughs> i mean it's terrible you're a pro wrestler gaylord. like i say this all the time you can be whatever you want bro mm-hmm. you can be so big you know, bill or jeff gaylord what do you exactly, want to roll with yeah. what do you oh, roll jeez give me big bill yeah at that point so jeff gaylord do you know him though duke from uswa yeah, uswa yep big dude man he was a big dude he was uh 
he wore the tassels like the warrior man. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking like, damn, this dude's pretty damn cool, but that's his name. Yep. Greg Valentine, the blue knight, like we discussed, the red knight, one reliable Barry Horowitz mm -hmm. yeah. in there. To... Which I would have never been able to guess. No. Because I don't think of Barry Horowitz the way that dude looked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just me personally. So. Mm -hmm. All right. Trivia time. I only know this because I stumbled upon some fun facts about this show. You guys might pop. Do you know who the red knight was supposed to be? Oh, wow. Huh. This is a favorite of you guys. Wow. Hmm. Especially you, Frank. Well, both of you guys. Probably Duke. You like him just as much. Love him just as much. Red Knight, 1993. I have no idea. I didn't. I never heard. Yeah, I'm putting you on I the mean, spot. I yeah, found I could, this to be. I could guess like a guy that Frank and I both like, but I have no idea. Yeah, no clue. So as the story goes, and this was told um, by many people, apparently, that this man was propositioned with an offer to take the role of Booker next to head Booker next to Pat Patterson. Terry Taylor. Um, no, no, but but uh, after doing the job as one of the Red Knights, he would then move into a role backstage next to Pat Patterson. It would be Terry Funk. No what? way! What? Wow! Terry Funk. What a disrespectful move that would have been. I'm glad. Yeah, he didn't take super. That, you know? Also, yeah. uh, before we move on into the match, I remember feeling like bummed out that greg valentine was a knight yeah 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 it's a, you know because yeah. like i like greg greg valentine mm -hmm. and he had like and listen man the guy needed a job and good mm -hmm. for him you know but it was the same thing when like the anvil were the mask i don't know if you guys remember that at all oh yeah i remember mm -hmm. like who or who? something yeah yeah and like I'm like, come on, man. So is this God, match is better? Yeah. Is this match you know, better? Like, like, I know you guys enjoy it. I'm, we'll talk about it. But, like, I think if <laughs> Vince calls the audible and has, like, a Greg the Hammer Valentine, uh, you know, without the mask, and then you get two other heels, yeah. it's a better yeah. match, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. You put Terry Funk on this team? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, we're talking yeah, about yeah. a different match completely. Yeah. It would be unfair, right? Because I guess the idea is that these need to be three jabronis, right? Right, you have, right. You have mm -hmm. Keith and Bruce. You know, if it's Terry Funk, Greg the Hammer Valentine, That's Shawn true. Michael, you know, it's not, kind of it's unfair, I guess. But That's it would have been cooler. Too, like, they picked a great uh, choice with Barry Horowitz because he's the greatest jobber in wrestling history. Mm -hmm. Like, the dude was good. Mm -hmm. Like, he's good. He makes these guys look so good. Even Gaylord, like, for as big as he was and for as green as he was, he bumps for these <laughs> He bumps for these guys. He really does. Like, yeah. no, he does. throw him around. He's a big dude to be thrown around. I will say this. You guys are, like, seem to be way more into this match than I was. Yeah. And, like, this might be the lowest rated Bret Hart match in the oh, history wow. of No Sold for me. Yeah, yeah. So this was Frank propping this up for his enjoyment, and yeah, I respect yeah, yeah, yeah. it. My it might fall closer to you, Duke. We'll we'll figure it out. But I do want to ask you guys once again, attire critics, attire yep. <laughs> uh, experts, if you will. Bret Hart, he's yep. wearing the short pink singlet here, short tights. What's the verdict for you guys? At first, I was a hard no. It's like I need pants on mm. Bret. Like I need print. But as the match wore on. I got into it. I was like, all right, it works. It's it's cool. And he Brett was like in peak physical condition yeah. too. So yep. like he he looked cool with whatever apparently. You know, but when I when he first came out, I did not like it. But I just think it was the 
the visual just be feeling so yep. like foreign, you know, but as I got used to it, I was like, that's pretty cool. And I like the contrast, right? Cause he's the only one in pink. Everybody mm-hmm. else is rocking the black. So it just made him stand out a bit. I don't know. I thought it was ultimately, I thought it was cool. So would you rather him wear those or no, I wouldn't, I would rather him with the pants for sure. Yeah. But for a while, yeah. you're saying, I think cool. it, yeah, it's fine for like, a yeah, I'd like appearance. that Brett would do that too. Brett yeah. would, um, we talked about on the one episode, I think it was Coliseum Classics. He wore like the white boots with the pink rather mm-hmm. than the black. Um, I like it for this match, but only for this match. Mm-hmm. Like um, the pink was definitely cool. It just doesn't fit him. Like yeah. as much as Brett's a shooter, like he could, and he was a tough guy too. Like when you listen to wrestlers, like Brett could handle himself, unlike Sean. Yeah. But, uh, Definitely prefer the pants for for Brethew. Okay, so I just had to ask you guys on that. And also, um, like I said, Stu changed the jacket. got the tiger print on the back. Very cool. Stu out uh, there. Who Bobby even said. Yeah, the picture of her, whatever he says. It's a picture of Helen on the back. <laughs> Dude, he roasted Helen that whole match. Almost oh like. Oh, my God. Better be close friends, really, with that family. Because mm-hmm. I was like, you're roasting that that poor woman the whole he is so good in this match dude several times you know what's interesting is like jerry lawler would do this eventually as well like way way worse way more harsh way like and he is witty lawler but like it always like i always like hated it but with bobby like it's funny i don't know what it is about Lawler's joke i think when lawler did it it felt malicious to me yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. did you guys get that feeling not for sure yeah 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 he felt like a mas- more of a misogynist, you know? With yeah. Bobby, right. It was like where Bobby is, it doesn't come off that way. It comes off so lighthearted still, you mm-hmm. know? I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to describe it. I guess they're doing the same thing, but yeah, Lawler definitely felt mean spirit. I think too, like Bobby is more like charismatic mm-hmm. and, and likable, you know? Yeah. And also doesn't Maybe mind not. like making fun of himself or being made fun of. He seems yeah. like comfortable and, and Lawler is like, I don't know. Think, yeah, he'd still mm-hmm. knock guys out or whatever when he was an old man. You know, right. he don't crawl every now and then. Right. So um, I did want to ask you guys on that. So this match is important because it's laying the groundwork for one of the greatest stories in the history of wrestling. Owen versus Brett, which gave us one of the greatest matches of all time. So it's interesting to see the groundwork laid here, the, the backstory. And Heenan had some great one-liners. He kept calling Owen the shadow foreshadowing what we would get you know that's just one of them i actually thought the dude ray combs was good on commentary i really thought he i'm not saying like he added a lot to it but it it wasn't like some other guys that he was trying that come you know it was funny after the first elimination he's like we have a winner (laughs) (laughs) you see and but that's what i like when these like the guest commentators they get really into it yeah you know and like I enjoyed him too, believe it or not. Like nice. I was, yeah, I thought he I thought he added to it. Um once again, there's that like sort of innocence about him. He's mm-hmm. not, you know, smart to the business. He knows, obviously, but like not so much, you know. So yeah. he had that like wholesome, like Bobby insults Helen again at one time. He's like, Bobby. Yeah. yeah. Like, he like couldn't believe he said it, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ray Combs, R.I.P. Man, a yeah, rough way sad. he went out. Yeah, if you if you don't know, look it up. Pretty pretty sad stuff. Um, so 
as far as all that goes, we have the hitman, we have Owen, we got Shawn Michaels, we got a recipe for, you know, a good story. But the crowd was down a bit. It could have been due to the fact that the Knights are kind of irrelevant. You know, they're kind of mystery men. And this is a 30 minute match. And as a kid, it felt like one hour and (laughs) rewatching it. It felt like one hour. It was a very long 30 minutes. The crowd did come alive when Stu hit HBK later on. Um, Big time. Really exploded the crowd, which is cool. Um, I'm kind of going to jump to the end because it's a final sequence. Yeah, Pretty good stuff with Shawn Michaels selling his tail off for the whole family, like we mentioned. Owen's eliminated after he accidentally runs into Brett, who was walking the Mm -hmm. apron. Pretty famous spot. Do I call out Brett's timing or do I just let it go? He kind of starts to go, then stops and then waits. I'll let it go. Um, You know, you can't time it perfectly, I guess. I'll blame it on Sean. Um, (laughs) But Owen's eliminated after he accidentally runs it. And Brett and uh, Bruce and Keith are tending to Brett. Owen's furious, already starting his turn here. HBK retreats. He's counted out. So this ends with Brett, Keith, and Bruce as our survivors. Owen oh, post-match, shoving Bret Hart, acting like the jealous, you know, little whiny brat that he was at the time. And that's the the short version of this very long match, <laughs> which is, like I said, the goal was to tell the story of Brett and, Sh- uh, Brett and Owen, and everything else was like a vehicle to get us there. What you guys rate it, and what are your, you know, thoughts on all the, the Owen and Brett stuff? Let me start. Um, I think that Owen is so good at being a little prick bad guy. Like, it doesn't feel contrived. Like, it felt very natural, man. And, like, maybe that is some truth, you know? Like, kind of feeling jealous of Brett. Obviously, they loved each other. They were brothers and stuff. But, like, Mm. he's so good and so unlikable at this point. Like when he's, you know, berating his own family and, like, he comes in and pulls Brett down. Like, I love that, man. I thought he was so good. Um, He just has a very, like, punchable face as a villain. Mm. I I really thought he did a great job here, man. Um, And it also leads to one of the greatest promos that we eventually see at the Royal Rumble. Um, Yeah, it was... The match was a mess. I thought, you know, like I said, the 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 lack of the story, like the story fell apart. Like you mentioned, John, that was supposed to be the culmination of Brett versus King. But like all that being said, I think they did what they could with it. I think Sean did a tremendous job for sure. Like he bumped around for these guys. He's exhausted by the end of this mm-hmm. match, man. Like he's drenched. Yeah. He's the workhorse clearly in the match. Um like I mentioned, probably going to be my lowest rated uh, match. Like you said, John, very long. Um, and for a match involving Bret Hart, Owen Hart, and Shawn Michaels, for me to give this match a three out of ten wow, is pretty, Hard. it's embarrassing for me. You know, <laughs> uh, I just felt like it was too long. It was too much like you know, run through these nights and then get to the Sean stuff. You know what I mean? And then spend a little more time with Owen, you know. um, Yeah, I I didn't dig it as Mm. a kid, and I don't really dig it now. 
All right. Well, Frank, why don't you lay on uh, your rating and just tell me what you thought overall this one. So my rating for the match is a five and a half out of 10. I almost double up Duke. I just thought I just had fun with the match. Is it too long? Yes. Is it very good? No. But I just had fun with the different aspects that I was telling. Once I knew it was Horowitz and the hammer, I cared more about these knights, right? Maybe if I'm going in blind, and <laughs> if I don't figure it out, maybe I don't care so much. And then Bruce and Keith, I said earlier, I was into both of those guys in the ring for different reasons, not for the same, uh, the reasons I normally would enjoy, you know, one of these matches we review. But like I was intrigued. And then anytime Brett was in there, I was, I was all, you know, ears for that as well. So, you know, I'm all about like serious work rate matches. But this one just had a lot of entertainment for me personally. So I give it five and a half. It's too long. It could be 12 minutes shorter. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, which is like a lot of time. But for what it was, I had fun. It leads, like we all said, it leads into something huge for the company. One of my all time favorite matches in my top 10 from a past episode. So, you know, I think it all is worth, you know, the work it took. But uh, yeah, I did find it entertaining. So um, I'm closer to you, Frank, on my rating, which is, you know, uh, I couldn't quite get to five. I kind of went decimals with this 4.9 out of 10. I didn't want to be too harsh. The thing is, before like the bloodline and all this stuff, we had the Hart family story like and they were giving it time to get started. And like, I do respect that, like having the hearts all ringside and, you know, for all the things Duke said, I do agree the length and um just some of it didn't click, but I think they made chicken salad out of it, considering mm-hmm. the Lawler thing, you know, um, and Sean, I'd love to put him over for another 10 minutes, just the way he just carried everyone and and really made everyone uh, level up because he was he was taking this shot. And like you said, Duke, making the most out of it. Um, I do have to get into another side note or side story. And you'll love this one, Duke, but. Because you said Owen played that jealous, whiny brother so well. And I agree. Like, he used aggression. He looked so natural in this. So, apparently, as the story goes, this was also brought up in a shoot interview. Pat Patterson, who we all crown as a visionary and a genius, he had an idea that might hurt that legacy if he had gotten his way. He originally was pushing for Bruce to be the one that brett feuds with the Mm. older brother being jealous of brett's success and it would have been a bruce hart oh uh brett hart feud into the following year brett had went to vince and pushed for owen himself and vince deferred to brett which in turn gave us the great feud between owen and brett but um imagine imagine bruce being i mean bruce i think really does have that resentment towards brett so they might have gotten something out of it i always thought bruce was like one of those guys that thought he was better than he was yeah for sure um but yeah i mean obviously owen was just so just so good in the ring and like you know you say how like he's great in the ring but like he's underrated as a character i think you know oh yeah super just unlikable but Mm -hmm. like you know um at the same time, uh, when he came back, like after the whole Montreal screw job, like I was all on board for Owen to take over 
and like go against Sean, you know? So yep. I think he's definitely uh, a believable character too. We talk about his in-ring work all the time, but um, yeah. He's How about awesome. his range too? Like, I know it's a joke, the leg out of your leg. Like we love that joke <laughs> and stuff, but um, the emotion, like when he's like crying, like yeah. you should have just tagged me like, okay, maybe it's a little over, but he's, he's going for it. And I think the yeah. bottom line with Owen is he committed which a lot of guys now yeah, have a hard time I mean, committing to something. And he just I mean, was like yeah. all in, you know? We talk about that all the time. Like the the heels trying that cool and stuff like that. Um, but even when he's like over the top, like I never felt like it was cringy. No, no. He but he, like, he's like foaming, you know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah, really yeah. like all in on it. Um, yeah. And like you said, it leads to one of our all-time favorite matches too. So mm-hmm. And for someone like Ray Combs, who you said is probably just like a casual or somebody who never even watched wrestling, I remember him actually like wowing or being like, wow, wait, whoa, when Owen was uh, doing arm drags early on mm-hmm. in the match, like very crisp arm drags and yeah. um, just like showing off his skill set. Owen was, um, I think we talked about it and it's like you could debate it all day, but I, you could argue that he's better than Brett overall in that ring. Yeah, like in the I ring. just think they're I think they're two different styles. I think that Brett's more of a storyteller and Owen is almost more of a Sean who right. could work with everybody and you know do different styles and you know Brett could do nip ups and that kind of stuff too, but Owen was just so agile and fast and top rope drop kicks that we saw in this yeah. match. Um I think he's as good as Brett. I just think it's kind of like two different styles almost. Yeah. So this was Owens uh, and Brett's, you know, groundwork for that feud. It was a great little story being told. The match might not have delivered for some people, but let us know in the comments what you thought of these matches, rate them along with us. Um, We're going to have a shift in commentary here. Jim Ross and Gorilla are stepping in. Gorilla's so fired up. He's about to deck Bobby. (laughs) He's just so fired up here. Um, So good. And Bobby's, you know, puts his glasses on. He's like, you wouldn't hit me. I'm wearing glasses. <laughs> Just funny. When they were, you know, Vince says, you know, we're going to shift over here. And Gorilla says, like, I might have to talk to that, you know, waste of a human being or whatever he says. Yeah. And Bobby says, you're talking to Ray Combs like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just so right. once again, man, like just popping me. <laughs> so great. It's Jim Ross and Gorilla Monsoon stepping in and uh foreign fanatics they have a promo introducing crush as their partner we cut to the back for that so we're gonna have crush now part of the foreign fanatics in place of one pierre the quebecer because crush, of course uh hails from where hawaii which not is part of the united states way far yep. yeah it's foreign <laughs> um but before we get to that we have a smoky mountain tag title match on a wwf pay-per-view <laughs> They were really in a where's the outrage, John? Bro, this was this was uh out of left field. Yeah, Yeah. this was out of left field. (laughs) Uh Heavenly Bodies versus Rock and Roll Express. I think that this with the WWF and this transition period or whatever, I think they were I'm not saying uh grasping at straws, but like there was a lot of this was a weird time. And I like I never realized how much of a weird time I guess this was, but it was interesting for Vince to um and and Vince was out for this, by the way. He 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 put this to Gorilla and Jim Ross. He's like, I'm not sticking around for this shit. <laughs> he handed the reins right over. Um, but 
Duke, you could probably lend to the long feud between these two teams. Ten years, as Jr. explains, and um, a Another lot of dream team right there on commentary for the match, though. Jr. and Gorilla, yes. it's like mm-hmm. it's like you know that's a lot of people's two greats of all time, greatest of yeah. all time, you know, depending on who you ask. So good point, good dream team. So a lot of people were coming to and going coming from and going to concessions during this match early on, you could see like a lot of the crowd was filing in and out. Um, Bizarre seeing the rock and roll express in this WWF ring, but Jr. did a really good job trying to educate us about these teams, about these guys in the match. At one point he's talking about how Morton and Gibson sign Mm -hmm. to each other because Gibson's mother is like a deaf mute. And he was giving you details as Jim Ross liked to do. He was still on top of his game, so I got to give him props. I also got to give props as a to to Jimmy Del Rey, who as a kid I, I liked his move set, but um, I thought he was good in this match. You know, I I just think the crowd was dead here. They were chanting "boring." It was a little mm-hmm. rough. It's a rough spot. Let me ask you guys what you thought about this matchup first, and then I want to get into some other details. I was in. I was as soon as I saw the matchup. Like the guys come out because I watched this blind. So as soon as I see what the match is, it, it caught me off guard. But I thought it, I was like, this has potential match of the night kind of energy just between the matchup, you know? So uh, I was kind of in, you know, I'm not like a big rock and roll express guy. It's just the same way I wasn't the Rockers or the Hardys and even the Bucks for a long time. Right. So, you know, I'm, I, I've always felt like, important wrestlers in history style innovators bred a lot of guys just not what i like you know from tag team wrestling so i was kind of going in there with a their overrated thought in my head but i thought the matchup was you know going to be potential banger for the time so duke tell me what you think about the uh the placement i guess the match did it come out of left field for you or did you remember this one no for sure i mean i remember it because I've I've watched Survivor Series a good amount of times because, you know, like you mentioned, it's a it's a favorite of mine. But, uh, yeah, this is once again, like, you know, the crowd kind of said it all, you know, um, when you just throw something together, this is not what I want. This is not World Wrestling Federation. Yeah. You know, they were big on storytelling. They were big on. And listen, like you said, Jim Ross does a fabulous job of filling us in. But it's like you can't just. All the it's like when we see Vikingo on dynamite, yeah, yeah, and they're like, Hey, this guy's really good in Mexico. It's like, Cool, I don't care though, like, mm-hmm. I have no investment and no disrespect to either of these teams because, like, I like the Rock and Roll Express, and like, when they're fighting the Midnight Express yeah. on worldwide wrestling, <laughs> when yeah. the fans are into it and mm-hmm. the girls are screaming because Bobby Eaton is scratching Ricky Morton's head you know against the ropes sure but like this was there's nothing to it there's no substance it's just two teams thrown together because jim ross probably wanted to showcase smoky mountain wrestling so and like listen i like both these teams i think the heavenly bodies are cool too you know um but like it just give me something you know what i'm saying like you can't just throw a match on pay-per-view well, it feels it doesn't feel like any of the rest of the card either. You nope. know what I mean? Like it feels yep. like you said it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it belongs at all. And like I said, it's fine enough match. I enjoyed it, but um, 
just feels like it almost felt like they went to you know a different venue you know what i mean because the crowd's <laughs> not into it it just felt like i was just like did this take place somewhere else and you're like oh no i just saw you know gorilla and all those guys in iraq if it wasn't for that i would have thought it was a whole totally different uh arena for this matchup yep very out of place yeah it's funny because um like on the roster at this time they they had it was thin but you had some guys you could have worked in and you know, put probably a different match where there was a. I think Jeff Jarrett might have been around at this time, or mm. we know Kamala and like all Hacksaw. Those guys were lingering around, so it's just interesting that they went the Smoky Mountain route. Don't know how it came about. Couldn't really find it. Sure, it was a Jim Cornette and Jim Ross presentation, like you said. But um, you guys would say like this was the new generation almost. Like there was some young talent being featured early on, right? Like a one, two, three kid and. Mm-hmm. We're getting Owen. Brett's relatively young, I guess. Would you guys feel like this was a step towards like maybe an older crowd or like an appeasing an older fan between the Rock and Roll Express and the Heavenly Bodies? I mean, for sure, it's going to appease to an older crowd. But I also think it's just a different time, like different thinking process of Vince, where like nowadays he disregards all other pro wrestling and has for a long time, you know? Um, he would still do like weird stuff like this with different companies. You know what I mean? Like ACW. And yeah. Stuff. Like stuff like that. So I just think like he always had one of these wild cards in him, and like try to always, I don't know anything to snatch a little piece of somebody else's audience. <laughs> you know what I mean? That he hopes that he could like then keep. I think he did. He did that a lot. So like it didn't completely surprise me that it's on the card just thinking about it, but it just felt super random. So I don't know. So I only brought that up because, like I mentioned, new generation, younger talent. These guys seem older. However, these guys are all 15 years younger than Chris Jericho is currently. Wow. In this match. Ricky Ricky Morton was 10 years younger than CM Punk is right now in this match. (laughs) And Jimmy Del Rey, looking like a 50-year-old drunk uncle at the Thanksgiving (laughs) table. I say that lovingly. But yeah. he's only 30 years old here. That's I don't crazy. think you could say a better description than yeah. what you just said. Like, if you were to describe what Jimmy Del Rey looks like, I think God that bless is absolutely him. perfect. R.I.P. I like him as a Jimmy, kid. Jimmy Graffiti. Right, Jimmy Graffiti. Jimmy Graffiti. Um, but yeah, this guy's only 30 here. And I'm watching this. I'm That's like, insane wait. insane that he's only 30 years old. That's crazy. That's You're crazy. older than him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so I'm watching this. I'm like, all right, this is like an older crew and i'm like they're really not that old you know it's just yeah. a weird thing back then everybody looked older um rocking the mustaches and whatnot but let me just say um you know i'm just gonna go into it heavenly bodies mm-hmm. cheated to win as heels do yeah i personally had a hard time with this because i think it's solely on the crowd and it's mm-hmm. solely on the bookers or whatever not giving us a little bit more build or hype because i think the men involved really did a good job like i it was to no fault of the workers that i give this a 3.5 out of 10 Ooh. and that's a generous one that is generous it's generous i've seen worse because i was trying to like just watch the action i know it's hard not to get influenced by the crowd but if you watch like jimmy del rey was working tom pritchard was tight and crisp rock and roll were doing their thing i, I don't think it was a bad match it was just crowd kind of ruined it you know and and 
What do you Frank, think? If you don't mind, I want to go next because we're oh, going to leave it on a we're going to leave it on a positive Pete with you. OK, yeah, because I'm going to I'm going to just like Vince, he split. <laughs> this is where I split. This is where I go to get myself a nice uh, coffee, maybe a, a latte. Uh, I gave this a one out of ten. Oh, wow. Uh, this is a, a Survivor Series match. You're going to throw this on my Survivor Series. Vince didn't want to look at it. I didn't want to look at it. I'm moving on. Positive Pete, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, geez, I feel like both of you are extremely hard, but that Duke rating is insane to me. Um, I gave it, so I'm using stars. I gave it a five out of 10. Generous. I thought it was a fine match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a fine match. I thought those guys were moving at a good pace. They were bringing out all the tricks. You know what I mean? Like they, it's not for, it's not their fault. You know what right. I mean? That like the crowd, that they were put on a on a a Vince McMahon show, you know what I mean, or like in the middle of a Vince McMahon show too. That feels nothing like what they these guys offer, um, and it's not their fault that the crowd didn't care about them either. I guess you know what I mean. Because does a crowd make or break a match for you though? Usually it can, it can. But like I didn't feel like they broke this match. I because I kind of go in there feeling like your Rock and Roll Express are overrated anyway. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So like I went in there like you know I'm not high on it. I know it'll be good. And I thought it was good, like you guys said, like those guys worked. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was it was fun enough. You know, I thought they they did everything they could. Everything was pretty smooth. You know, you also don't get offended that you're not getting another elimination match like we do. Like sure. we want we exactly. want the eliminations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no attachment yeah. to the elimination. If anything, this was closer to what I wish everything on this card was. You know what I mean? It's just a traditional wow. tag team match versus, you know, eight eight dudes in a match with their managers it's like a dozen different guys outside by the time we get to we're talking to them about the main event i love i love yeah. it. yeah you know so <laughs> all right give me all of it give mm -hmm. me give me 10 on 10 <laughs> we Tag get teams. that sometimes like, we do that like yeah. on god give me that yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so like you know that's just my take but yeah i thought it was a decent match and you got a title switch i thought the ending was pretty cool <laughs> those, i don't know you know what i mean like those I, big I smoky tags those yeah, tag smoky titles mountain tag so they're up there Listen, with that that's uh, why uh, you're the positive feed here pal yeah who knew well let's see how positive pete can keep it for this oh, next well, match yeah, yeah, yeah. um we Sorry, got we, we recap <laughs> doink shenanigans with bam bam bigelow from superstars and they reveal that it's going to be four doinks versus the Bam Bam versus Bam Bam's team. They don't have a, the name. But uh, we go to a, a disturbing image of the head shrinkers and Bastion Booger devouring, chomping down on a turkey. Bam Bam's trying to get a word in edgewise over these savages. He's trying to cut a promo. He's trying to get this match going. And these men are destroying this poor turkey. And um, just disgusting. They're just slobbering all over. True savages as we get ready for this four-on-four -four battle. Head Shrinkers and Bam Bam Bigelow and Bastion Booger versus the four Doinks, which... All right, Duke. Doink's not in the match. Spoiler alert. It's Dude. not even the real Doink at this point, is it? Yes. It's still Matt it, Bourne. Is it Matt I Bourne? Say, I thought okay. it was Matt Bourne, yeah. yeah I, I didn't know. Um, yeah, this is another one of those matches that, like, I didn't like in the moment mm -hmm. and i sure didn't like it now so now hold on because like vince you were out for that smoky mountain nonsense mm -hmm. but vince was back for this because vince couldn't wait to get back for a doink match he you was. know that right he <laughs> he, he was like wait, i gotta get back uh, for this one and listen if matt Bourne's involved maybe it improves my um 
enjoyment of the match, but I'll let you get to it and introduce these teams for us. <laughs> sure. All right. I'm going to go through it quickly, but um, Doink, he's got Bushwhacker, Luke, and Butch Doink <laughs> as, as his representatives, and then Men on a Mission Doinks, Mabel and Mo, all wearing the clown gimmick, head, face paint, hair, all that good stuff. Bam Bam, I think we could all agree. Easily the coolest member of his own team, without a doubt. Who's the coolest member of the four doink team? If you so have gonna, to choose one. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Bushwhacker Luke. Wow. And that's because uh, he wrestled our boy Hagedorn. You know what I mean? But like, I don't really, everybody in this match was, uh, it was too much. I think the doink gimmicks with, with on Mo and Mabel was too much. And I like Mabel. I met that guy and he was super cool to me. I'm but, surprised that you yeah. didn't say him for that yeah. reason. I, I like you're going to say that. But like, you know, he's, I can't ever say that I was a fan of him in any way. And mm -hmm. uh, mostly because he won that worst King of the Ring of all time in Philly <laughs> deal. But um, it just, no, these guys, it just was a mess. Men on a mission. I'm not a fan of, I, I like, the bushwhackers you know but at this point it was all over for them you know and it's just everybody was lame like i when i was waiting to see who the doinks were going to be i had no idea <laughs> when i got men on a mission i was in the kitchen i was cooking because <laughs> i knew so i was making breakfast i i was just i was making breakfast this morning as a matter of fact so i, I hear like music and i'm like that can't be men on a mission but i was thinking who's rapping in 1993 oh, you know man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and it's it was them. So like, I was extremely disappointed. And you mentioned John, no oh, Doink in the match, which is like crazy to me because I'm like, mm -hmm. well, at least Doink will be there. And then he's mm -hmm. like, he's not even in the match. Yeah, I don't know. It was a hot mess. Nobody was cool in that team, really. This is the one where you're watching the show with a non-fan and you're trying oh, to boy. explain what Can't. the f is going on here because mm -hmm. I'm gonna run through it quick. <laughs> Mo was riding around on a scooter at one point. There was food involved. Samu slipped on a banana peel to get eliminated. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Vince loved it. Vince loved it. <laughs> that was yeah. that was Fatu, actually. Sorry, Fatu. Yeah. Uh, a messy mess of a match. And so many times. Uh, I really paid close attention to this one. I know you were locked in, right? Uh, hey, look, say what you will about this match. We're talking mm -hmm. all the smack. This crowd loved it. This crowd was hyped for it. They were alive for it. They were, you know, hey, they have wrestling fans have always had questionable taste, I guess, is the moral mm -hmm. of the story. Well, the officiating oh, yeah. of this one was just uh it was it was embarrassing. <laughs> you know, like we got bananas, we got Mo is literally riding a scooter and he doesn't know how to ride the scooter. No. You guys catch that. Ref it's didn't like count him out. He, he never he never saw a scooter before. Like, I never got Mo in the men on a mission. If we could sidetrack for a second, but like he looked like an older, was, like yeah. Mo looked like a young, like I guess I thought Oscar was actually the teammate when they first debuted. I was watching Superstars. I remember them coming out. Whatever it was, I thought Oscar was like the one that was going to wrestle. No, he was. He was the one that uh, spit those fire, right? <laughs> those right. fire rhymes. You couldn't hear him. Yep. He was out of breath. He just wanted to get to the whoop. There it is. Whatever rhymed mm -hmm. to get to the whoop. There it is. Like, that's all we needed. Uh, we don't need to spend too much no. time on this. Well, match. let me you just can, say, they, you they guys, piled... Frank, I'm going to sit back and let you uh, put over your boy, uh, Luke. Bushwhacker Luke. 
Yeah. Well, I'm gonna no, let dude. I'm gonna Go let ahead. I'm gonna let you do all that after I just say all the men on the doinks piled onto Bam Bam and pinned them in the end. We got <laughs> four doink survivors. <laughs> Everybody loves it. Kids are happy. A generous one point five out of me out of ten. Yeah. For 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 me. Sadly, <laughs> on a Survivor Series, I have to do that. But go ahead. What do you got? Well, I'm not going to be as generous. You're the positive. You're the positive Pete of this matchup uh, match, apparently, because dude, I was repulsed watching this match. <laughs> I'm eating breakfast. I just told you I was making breakfast during the entrance. I sat down and Bastion Booger, dude. Every time he's on the screen, I was like, I had to like look away. Oh take, God! Take a funny. second because I couldn't like bite into my pancakes with fresh strawberries. You know what I mean? Because this guy is savaging a banana all over his face, dropping from his mouth onto Disgusting. his paper outfit. Dude, it was Samu was, rubbed it into his head. Yeah, I was point. repulsed by this matchup. This was um, disturbing, bro. Disturbing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's always one. Like Vince will always get you with one atrocity on on every pay per view, and like this was it. <laughs> I gave it one out of ten, and that's that's generous. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mostly because Bam Bam and Luna were there. Mo- you know, I could do without anybody else in the matchup. But no, that's all it was. Bam you Bam's I mean? presence, and I think yeah. Bam Bam once again committed to being the butt of the jokes with Doink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting feud, and I and I gave it a little one point five because I will say this. Post match, Doink got on the screen. He was busting Bam Bam's chops and all this stuff. And and Matt Bourne <laughs> was really good at this character. Like yeah. I I have tremendous respect for him committing to the character, especially when it turned heel. But um, go ahead, Duke. What do you got? Yeah, I prefer Evil Doink too. Um, I still don't know what Bastion Booger was supposed to be. Yeah, a slob. Uh, like- yeah, but like that outfit, like I just never understood him. Like right. I was like, "Are you like a gimp?" No. Like I just never got it, man. Yeah. Besides yeah. being just like, and it was gray and dirty, like a, and... just, yeah, a just sloppy dude. Yeah, um, one out of ten, one out of ten, and the only reason is I don't think we've ever given a zero to anything. You could, but I mean. Bam Bam Bigelow and Lunar in this match, and I won't disrespect them like that. Exactly. Even though the WWF disrespected them putting this just mess on a pay-per-view. Doink got his wish and, and gave us a circus of a match here. That's all it was. It was a yeah. circus. It was a mess. Holy mackerel. So moving on. Foreign <laughs> Fanatics backstage with Todd Pett and Gil. This is it. Jim Cornette, Fuji, and one Johnny Polo, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Raven, are managing these men. And look, I never liked Jim Cornette as a kid, maybe because I wasn't supposed to. And rewatching this stuff, I think he genuinely takes away from the presentation of this team, of Yokozuna. Good talker, I suppose. But mm-hmm. like whether it's a Southern draw or just something about him never clicked with me. And it's still, I don't like Jim Cornette. Like, I don't like him on screen maybe behind the scenes he's a smart mind or something for the mm. business but where do you guys stand on these managers though like i said cornet fuji and johnny polo <laughs> i mean cornet and fuji legends i love uh, i love fuji cornet like you i was never nothing about him really his manager did it for me um so it is what it is johnny polo 
it's just funny to see him. You know what I mean? Like to see him in a main event of a Survivor Series, you know, <laughs> in a roundabout way in a main event of Survivor Series in 1993. And then you know what he becomes and where he really makes his name in the business. It's just funny. It's just funny to see that guy. See how Vince saw him, huh? See yeah. how Vince yeah. saw Johnny Polo. Mm-hmm. Vince didn't like see him like negatively though. He was actually on the booking committee. Right. At and a commentator. Time. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't Other think guy. Vince like Vince might have had a different vision, but I don't think it was like a disrespectful thing to him. Yeah. And as far as Cornette goes, like I do like Jim Cornette, but I never I think we talked about it before on here or on Coliseum Classics. Like him with Yokozuna just never I get it. They needed a mouthpiece, but like yeah. Fuji was fine. Yeah, like yeah. you said, I think it I think it actually took away, you yeah. know? And then when Cornette was like the manager for like uh Yokozuna and Owen and the oh. Bulldog, like it just didn't make sense to me. Camp Cornette. Yeah, I just you. didn't get it. I don't but, think you're lined up with WWF no, or something. It didn't. But like, I don't know, like him with the Midnight Express, I love, love, love. I watch that all the time. He was a mama's boy. Like, it's really good. If you have to right, check right, that out yeah. and you're listening, definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. But like just here, it just didn't it didn't work for me. And um, I almost called him Scotty because I know I'm like that. Johnny Polo <laughs> with the Quebecers, I actually like because they're also over the top. So like I was cool with that. But uh this match originally, like the teams changed, and I'll sure I'm sure you'll get into it, John Boy. So fill us in on uh okay what the yeah. original so the original team would have been all Americans, Lex Luger, Tatanka, and the Steiner brothers versus the foreign fanatics, which would have been Yokozuna, both Quebecers, and Ludwig Borga. Instead, Lex took out Pierre. Tatanka was taken out by Ludwig Borga. There was a lot of like warfare going on mm-hmm. between these teams as we led into this big war, you know, farm fanatics versus all Americans. So instead, we now have The Undertaker stepping in for Tatanka. Did the cool reveal of the American flag in the jacket on a Monday awesome. Night Raw. Said he regretted that, by the way. He said really? he fought tooth and nail with Vince to not do that because he thought it hurt his character. Huh. Very took the character very seriously. Uh, well before his American badass gimmick, where he completely leaned yeah. into it. So yeah. I guess he had a change of heart. That's funny. And then on the other side, instead of one Pierre of the Quebecers, we had Crush back out to make an appearance here. The anti-American Hawaiian. The anti- exactly. So we got Foreign Fanatics versus the All-Americans main event time. We'll get into it, but there were a lot of feuds leading into this, and there was just a lot of talent in this match. And it, for me, maybe not for you, Frank. Maybe for you, Duke. But, like, this felt like a main event. It felt main event worthy, the talent involved. Did you guys at least feel that way? I don't know if I could say. I, the one team, yeah, the All-Americans, yes. You know, mm-hmm. but the uh, the foreign fanatics, less so. Because outside of Yoko... None of those guys were main eventers, you know what I mean? So, like, none of those guys ever felt that way to me, especially the Wiborga. Um, like, the cool, like Jacques is cool and all that, but I just didn't see him like that, you know? He, he came out with the belt, so, like, that was cool. It added to it. But, yeah, I just felt like the, it was very – it leaned one way for me, like, when I looked at the matchups. Um, I know Ludwig Borga had, like, that undefeated streak and all that. Like, I understand how they, like, positioned him, but – 
you know, for me, it's just going in. I was just like, man, what a bunch of jabronis on this team. I'm not a crush guy. It's been documented, you know, so like, you know, not the, I, I, and I hate talking trash about Jacques, you know what I mean? Cause I do like him, but it just, it just felt weird. I get it though. That's what the time was. They wanted a foreign team with and crush. So it is. Well, weird. a good spot for Jacques, um, Duke, yeah. I'll, I'll let you get into it, but, um, for him to be here featured as a singles once again, you know, after the Mountie stuff, but here he is again in a main event, which is cool for him. And quite frankly, like, I think his work in this match was really good. So uh, what'd you think of this? I don't know if like the injuries were like a shoot. Like, I don't know if Tatanka was actually hurt mm-hmm. or like um, Pierre was actually hurt, but I thought it would have been cool if it was the Quebecers crush, you know, everybody. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like have a five on five. That way you get both Quebecers. Yeah, and you can add Tatanka. Yeah, exactly. And then Tatanka, um, Luger, the Steiners, and the Take Man, you know. Um, and then I think like you don't see Jacques as a main eventer, but like if the tag team champions are on the yeah, team, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think it makes exactly. more sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, maybe there were actual injuries. I didn't look into it. Uh I'm I didn't see book. anything like that, but um, I did think with Vince McMahon's knack for changing things up and always kind of being like, okay, so like here's a place for Taker. I know we wanted to put him into a feud with Yokozuna. This mm-hmm. is an avenue to get there. Maybe we can start Taker. Weird that they took out Tatanka, though, who was in the midst of a big push. Um, yeah, I'm not sure the story there. Maybe anybody could let me know. Yeah. And like I was a Tatanka guy, too. So like I was looking forward and then- Eight cents, Native American Tatanka, you know, like, and then it was also for me, like, it was kind of like, I was sad because I saw Luger like being mm-hmm. pushed aside because I was a Lex Luger fan. Also in this match, before we get into it, four Hall of Famers in this one. Uh, there should be six Hall of Famers, in my opinion, because somehow Lex Luger is still not in the Hall of Fame. And mm-hmm. I definitely think that Jacques Rougeau should be in the Hall of Fame or like the Rougeau family, if you want to right. do that. Get yeah, the yeah. Rougeau family in. Listen, Jacques Rougeau held two of the three major titles in the WWF. Mm-hmm. That means something. Like, Jacques Rougeau pinned Hulk Hollywood Hulk Hogan at the did. height of yep. his NWO run yep. in a show in Canada. But that's beside the point. But um, yeah. you can make the case for sure. Put him in. Yeah, I think um, all those guys. And Luger, come on, man. Yeah, it's crazy. He was on a recent episode of, like, The Bump he's, or something. He's going in. Yeah, yeah. Is he? Yeah, they haven't said it, but like, okay. they're, like, they start working with these guys yeah. and all that. Like, when you don't Yo, see him, he's going to Philly Hall of Fame, do you attend that for him? Uh, no. Wow. Jeez, <laughs> you really love Lex. <laughs> I, I do love Lex, but I don't love that current product. Anyway, get us yeah. into this match, John. <laughs> Um, so as down as business was here, I guess Vince McMahon noted that Yoko was on Conan the night before, which is a primetime spot, I suppose, at that time. That was like a 1 a.m. late night show back then. So could have been Brett. Should have been been Brett. Brett. Damn it. Should have been Brett. Should have been Lex even. Um, the great interrupter, Yokozuna. Frank, I wasn't going to get into that. You probably thought too. That this wasn't like feeling main event because the great interrupter was the current World Wrestling yeah. Federation champion. That's a thing, you know, like I understand Yoko's spot, you know, so he's the only 
he felt like important just because yeah. he came out with that title on his shoulder. You know what I mean? But other than that, like I, I just the the team seems so lopsided to me. But you know, it is what it is. It always goes that way. Well, I want to say, um, in my opinion, and we'll do it some other time. But this All Americans team for me ranks up there. And coolness factor. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Would you agree, Duke? Absolutely, yeah. for sure. And Lex had also, slammed them already as well, right, Yoko? Like that already happened. They talk about it on Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. That's that turns Lex started. American. Yeah, that yeah, started yeah. the whole deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was previously yeah. uh Chicagoan. Well he was yeah. he was Greek, right? Because he was a narcissist. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. He was like uh also on that cool ass team that we're talking about, the Undertaker, Lex Luger, and the Steiners, three world champions on that team. Yeah, make a yep. case. You can make a case that that's the greatest Survivor Series team ever. We got to do that one time. Yeah, because yeah. I really enjoyed that yes. team. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, that uh, when you think about it like that, the Hardys, CM Punk, Shawn Michaels, Triple H team. That's up there. Four world champions out of five. Yeah. And if you count the Impact World title, that's a five for five. Well, why? Matt Hardy? Yeah. He held the ECW title too. There you go. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. If you count that as a world title, count that. So that's um, another podcast. Steiner's gear. I know it's American and it's patriotic, mm-hmm. but I thought it looked cool on them, Scotty especially. I love the singlets. Um, What'd you think of the yellow boots with it? I was gonna say they stayed true to their style. Their Michigan though kept the yellow. Mm-hmm. I kind of didn't mind it. Yeah. Do you How hate about it? you, Frank? No, I didn't mind it at all. I noticed no. it. As a matter of fact, like yeah, yeah. like, like I cool. get it. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, you put them in some like um, wing tips with some red, white, and blue. That's gonna be like, yeah, sure. Right. I mean, Rex <laughs> would have to obviously not match because that's his deal. But we got Frank Fashions here. How have you not started a wrestling attire podcast in the no sold realm here? <laughs> and we could, we could do that. That'd be cool. <laughs> you know, just always critiquing the attires, dude. I have, I have ideas for attire stuff. I'm, I'm trying. I'm thinking on stuff. So we'll see. All right. So a lot of USA chance to start the match as expected. USA versus all these foreigners in 1993. <laughs> you know the big enemies in uh, Japan and we Helsinki, so- Finland. Were- I mean Finland and America. Yeah. Gosh, what a what a war that. I was. think we were at war with Hawaii at this point, weren't we? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that when I rushed, rushed defected? We had just sent troops to Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, to, on our own soil. So amidst. <laughs> The lackluster uh, middle of this show, like I said, this felt like a main event. At least we're back on track here. Jacques offers his hand to Scott, and Vince urges him to shake it because it's Thanksgiving. He said, shake it. <laughs> and Scott, being the babyface, gives him the F you. So, I couldn't believe that, dude. How about it? It was a reverse of what a face and a heel should be, probably, right? Mm-hmm. I just, I genuinely was, like, surprised that Vince let him do that. Cause that's that's Scotty Steiner on brand, right? Like yeah. you expected, I I expected him to say like "f you" like on his lips, but he <laughs> gave him the big. I I used to call this the falling tree trunks, mm-hmm. uh, the you know the arm thing. But yeah, I was shocked by that actually. Gave him the big "f you." Steiner's gear, like I said, top notch. And then uh, Rick shows some strength early, knocking Yoko out of the ring. Not something you saw a lot back then. Mm-hmm. Ludwig Borga was in hitting them gut punches and the first eliminations <laughs> done not too soon after it's kind of botched. Well, it's very botched. Yeah. I'm assuming Rick was supposed to be caught by Borga to power slam him. 
and then pin him? Or was the pin not supposed to happen? What do you guys think? Because Rick looked like he kicked out. What do you did think? he get hurt? Apparently not. I couldn't find any info on that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, because it was weird, right? Because does he kicks out, but they count him out anyway? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Clunky, I don't know. clunky, clunky start yeah. with that. But like, I just, I just attribute that to Ludwig Borga, you know, just being the drizzling hoops. He didn't yeah, have he was, the strength to kind of get kind even. Of stiff. Yeah. What's funny is 1993, I'm 10. My cousin, about 12 or 13, loved Ludwig Borga. <laughs> and, I never understood it, you know, like I didn't get it. I was all American bread hard or whatever. Yeah. And um, I just, I, I actually told him we're reviewing this and I was like, we're, you know, we're watching your boy Borga. He's like, he was the man. I'm like, bro, like nobody liked him. Nobody likes him anymore. You might want to revisit his matches 20, 30 years later. You, you know? know what though? It's all about presentation, man. The guy, he was undefeated. The vignettes were cool too. Do you remember the vignettes? And I do, but he was undefeated. We say all the time, if you tell me that a guy's a jobber, I'm going to think he's a jobber. Like, if he loses every week, I'm not going to believe in him anymore. When this guy's out there pinning the Native American Tatanka with one finger. Yeah, a pinky, I like, believe. Yeah, like, I mean, that's, you're telling me he's a badass dude. So No, like, it's just I, interesting, yeah, to 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 uh, root the uh, root the evil, you know, villain, foreigner at that end. The right age of 12 years old, but I guess that's but some kids. listen, like not that um Roman Reigns is a foreigner, but like he's a bad guy, and there's a bunch of kids that are like true. Roman Reigns is my favorite. It's because people like winners. That's you true. Know, it's, it's that's right. That's simple. Ludwig you know, Borga so. was on a tear. So yeah, yeah he that's didn't, a good point. He literally, I think he was still undefeated at this time, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And he was um, you know, we'll get to the end. Uh his his career was actually about to be up in smoke in the WWF and and flame out. But um, let's talk about a little bit more of the match, then we'll get into the finish. Shock, like I mentioned, such a great weasel heel. I thought he did great work in this so match. Good. Really like egging on Scott and just being a little slime ball. <laughs> Macho Man's out a few times trying to maul crush. He's held back by Billy Gunn. Oh yeah, that's right, Bart. Bart Gunn, Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn, who uh fought in a dark match on this one. Yeah, who did he take on? I don't have that um, in front of me. I don't know, but I remember seeing Billy Gunn beat somebody in it, probably like Steve Lombardi or somebody. Yeah. 30, 30 years later, and he's a current champion. How about it? In a major wrestling promotion. Yep. How did about you guys it? feel like Ludwig Borga looked fucking big? It's like very big old head. thick. I, yeah, he just looked like a big, like Nikolai Volkov. I was just like a big dude. Yeah. Like Ludwig Borgov just looked like a big man to me. No, he was definitely massive. Um, yeah. Like a lot of mass. But Macho Man came out. Eventually, they brawl Crush and he did, and they're counted out. So Crush is counted out. He's eliminated. Um, Luger comes in, quickly disposes of Jacques, unfortunately. Middle rope forearm smash by Luger, jumping off that middle rope. <laughs> and then right after that, that was the first time Luger was in, and he's right back out. Um, because Ludwig <laughs> Borga wants to fight Lex. This is another moment that I thought was interesting, like for the baby face. But Lex kind of defers to Scott to for Scott to fight Lex. So you're mm -hmm. like, hmm, you're the big baby face, Lex. Why are you running from Ludwig Borga? But nevertheless, um, Scott Steiner. Oh, here's a quote that didn't age well. Bobby Heenan. 
He says Ludwig Borga is the wrestler of the 90s. Mm, yep. Didn't work out like that. A miss. Didn't. Yeah, it's a miss. Yep. Miss. But no, no, no. Uh, well, you know, that also happen. said, Bobby also said Crush will win many championships like down the line. Like he was predicting him as like a top, top guy. So that mm-hmm. didn't work out quite as well either. I no, think people... that was just. I think that was just the heel thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure people were buying uh, Crush stock then, though. Like, he he looked like he should be something. I know you were a fan, weren't you, Duke? I liked Kona Crush. Right. <laughs> I, didn't, oh. I didn't like this. Record. Oh, you didn't like Heel Crush? I didn't. No, at all. Mm. Uh, real quick, Bobby, because it just popped in my mind, and I, I can't forget this. We're going back, but in the heart match, um, there's like a pause in the action, and Bobby says, Sean! And he throws him a bottle of water. Did you guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just had to give Bobby love one more time. Go on. So good. Um, Yokozuna eliminates Scott Steiner with a big turkey thigh drop. Yep. (laughs) That big leg. Uh, Scott's out of there. We're down to Yoko and Ludwig Borga versus Taker and Lex Luger. This is about 20 minutes into the match, and Taker finally gets into the ring. Mm -hmm. Yoko tries to put him down, but Taker kept rising up. Both Yoko and Taker were counted out. Um, these guys were involved in like such a long feud, and so many of their matches end in like a no contest that yeah. it's kind of like, what the hell? You know, uh, the feud that's I'm not saying should have been better or great, but like there were so many of those things where it was like a DQ double count out, this, that, and the other. So those guys are out, and we're down to Ludwig Borger versus Lex Luger. That's our final two members, uh, or uh guys in this match, competitors. Fuji trying to help Ludwig Borga cheat, but eventually Lex fights from underneath to overcome these foreigners using the loaded forearm, I might add, to become the sole survivor. Lex Luger, the winner, sole survivor. It's just a part of his anatomy, pal. He wasn't he didn't load anything up. Loaded with steel, man. Listen, man, he's got an he had an operation. Listen. I think he had the operation to put the metal in there. He didn't even have anything wrong with it. This all American wouldn't do that. Americans are straight up pal. Well, we we I ran through that pretty quick, but um, you guys tell me your thoughts on this match. I was I'm mostly out. You know, <laughs> it's just just not my kind of thing, and I get it. Like I said, I I think the one team is very cool. Seeing the Steiners to me is cool. This era of Undertaker seeing that is cool. Did we talk about how he was revealed to be the member with the flag? Like mm-hmm. when yeah. he, you know, like that's cool. Yeah. You know, it's it's stupid to me because I don't think of him as a patriot, but whatever. <laughs> it's cool, you know, like to see it, but just when you see them in the ring, it just doesn't do it. Yoko, Ludwig Borges, you know, he's awful to me. Um Yoko's dreadful too. He's just it's just not my what I want to see in matches. I'm not a Lex guy. Even Undertaker, it's cool. The gimmick and all that was cool, but he wasn't really doing a whole lot, you know, in this one especially. So I'm I'm there for the Steiners and Taker, and the Steiners are eliminated pretty early, you know? So it's like it, you kind of like are taking what I like out of it from the jump. So, like, I'm not super high on it, but I get it. It does feel big, you know. It's the All-American, so I get it, but. Well, you're not um, known for your patriotism. For sure, but where, but where where do you stand? Were you rooting for the All Americans or the Four uh, yeah, yeah, I was. I'm all about the All Americans in this matchup. Wow. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess there's nobody on that team that you like on the farm nah, side. No, no one. Damn. I mean, Jacques Rougeau. I mean, he's cool, but he's not going to get me to cheer against Taker. No. Steiner. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's right. Because you but also think... like the heels usually too. But yeah, yeah, not here. 
No, you show Jacques love though. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. No, I think mm-hmm. I like Jacques. I think he's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just not enough. You know, that team is like otherwise. I'm like, oh, bunch of dudes I don't okay. like. Mm-hmm. Duke, what were your thoughts on the match overall? Um. Yeah, I think I was a little more in than Frank was, you know, because I did like um I it's noted. I'm I might be the biggest Lex Luger fan that I know, as it turns out, <laughs> because like uh it it seems like nobody likes him. I'm a late bloomer to my Lex yeah, love because as a kid crazy. I should have liked him. Mm-hmm. I was all about the hitman as a kid. And no, no interrupting and... my hitman sure. love. And that's truth factual honesty out of me i think it's been pretty well documented that i'm a bret hart fan for sure so like you know to me the great interrupter is yokozuna like i was cool (laughs) with lex getting some love um i i never ever saw him becoming like this usa guy right vision for him but um yeah i i love lex luger so like like you said too john boy um this is like one of the coolest teams ever maybe the coolest team it's it's hard i don't think it's the coolest team because my grade doesn't reflect that but i did really enjoy this team the other team not so much i just don't like yokozuna i I think i would have been okay with yokozuna being like a mid-card guy but for him to be in the main event i just never bought it i just didn't get it and then ludwig borg is not very good I like the Mountie, obviously, Jacques Rougeau, Quebec or Jacques, sorry, at this point. And Crush, I liked as Kona Crush. So it was cool. It was definitely, whenever we watch these old ones, it's always fun for me, for sure. You can always find fun in whatever match it is, unless it's uh, the four doinks and a random tag team match. Yeah. Yeah, I I see in your reflection, um, do you just keep looking over and glancing at the uh, men on a mission doinks and uh, on your TV there. And it's cracking <laughs> oh, yeah. me up. I see their green hair bounce. Also, uh, <laughs> let's talk about these uh, men on a mission and white face. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's uh 2023 now. I don't think that would fly now. Nah, I got to edit that out. So um, I'm with you on them being potentially the coolest team ever. There's always a weak link. Usually with these teams, so you're just almost there. Of course, what comes to mind, Piper, Bulldog, Brett, Virgil, mm-hmm. almost there. But um, I love the team. I really enjoyed the match. Um, I watched this pay-per-view live in 93, like this, the old man, thanks to the old grandfather in the hot box, allowed me <laughs> the ability to see this because nice. I wasn't going to be buying this one or having the money to do so. But I remember this feeling so huge, but I had a little of the Mandela effect. I thought Tatanka was involved. Mm. Like a lot of moving parts, a lot of guys. And I also debated was Crush in the match or did he just come out? Like, um, so there was like some confusion. But once I did the rewatch, I kind of liked it. I thought it was a little clunky at times, a little sloppy. I'm just going to give it to you straight. I gave it a 5.8 out of 10 for the match, for the main event. I didn't hate it. The star power was there. A lot of talent I liked. But like I said, it was a little clunky. So would you guys rate the match? I'll go. Because I have a feeling I'll probably be the lowest. <laughs> but I give it 3.5 out of 10. It's just not my bag. You know, no offense to the dudes. But it's just, I, I this is a main event I'll skip. To me, the main event was the, the opener. 
Mm-hmm. Or the Smoky yeah. Mountain tag titles, apparently. Or the Smoky Mountain, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 dude. Even the Bruce Hart. I mean, <laughs> even Bruce. The Bruce Hart match. <laughs> Bruce Hart. Bruce yeah, all the guys. Bruce. <laughs> hey, man. Make sure you tweet this to Bruce because he'll love to hear it. Yeah. The so, Bruce uh, Hart match. <laughs> the Bruce Hart match. That's great. <laughs> you got yes. one Bruce Hart fan. This is where we found him right here. <laughs> yep. Jesus yeah, but, the hearts, bro. It's fine. Yeah, but that's that's my rating. You know, it is what it is. It's so just not my style. Point five. Okay, so not the best main event for you to close this no, show out, no, no. Duke. What'd you have it rated as? I had this rated as a four point five out of ten. Fair. Well, it's okay. Enjoyable. Um, I think we talked about it before. Like when we, this is your prime time, John Boy, and I knew that. I knew that you were going to like it, you know, a little more than Frank and I, and I enjoyed it overall. Um, I just felt like, and listen, that's good. I'm not saying you're wrong. You know what I mean? It's great. We've like, had some tough watches on this show. This wasn't a yeah. tough watch in my opinion. At no, times, not at maybe, all. But yeah, I think there were definitely, um, you know, great parts of it. Bobby Heenan, like right. you said, every match, he's like throwing out his little one-liners and, literally making me laugh out loud and if that happens when you're alone you know something's true than funny you know so yeah definitely glad i you know we watched this one again um and i like watching stuff that you guys love you know so i can like see where your true love is in wrestling you know i'd love for you frank to pick like a time or a pay-per-view that you're like this is my thing Mm -hmm. because like I want to see like your heyday. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. I'll so that, yeah. Frank yeah. was very high on our Halloween uh, Havoc '97 last year. I know he loves that event. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah did. That was fun. That was fun. Those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So um, yeah. With that said, we'll we'll give our overall show ratings in a second. I do want to ask you guys. Bring it back to the beginning. If you got to give an MVP of this show, and maybe a a turkey, aka like a. <laughs> A flop, you know, a bomb. Golden turkey. Yeah. So who are you giving the MVP and who's the turkey of this uh, Thanksgiving tradition Survivor Series? I mean, I don't want to. I think we kind of all agree how Brain was yeah, far and away so enjoyable. Like even mm-hmm. during the nonsense matches or whatever you thought was the worst. Let's go besides the Brain because we're all in agreement yeah, there. We're all... <laughs> besides just, the Brain. All right. So just so we're all on the same page, the star of Survivor Series 1993 is Bobby I, the Brain Heenan. I was going to zag to to Shawn Michaels and I'll just go Shawn Michaels. MVP. Okay. So we'll say we'll say wrestler then? Yes, how about that? Okay. All right. You well, go ahead, dude. Frank, we we know who yours is. It's Bruce Hart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the, so the Bruce could, Hart the fireman. Bruce, Bruce Hart, I want to have let him have his moment. He earned it. That's fair. My second favorite match of the night. The firefight. So, John Boy Shawn Michaels is your I think he's my MVP. Okay, yeah, well. I think he really shined in this in a in a weird that's way. That's a that's a great answer. Um I would probably go with that, but instead because you already picked him. I mean, a guy that was super over in my favorite match, uh a guy I always love to see. Sorry if I'm stealing your heat, Frank. The bad guy. Mm. Razor yeah. Ramon looked yeah. like a million bucks. He did. And if I had to go with like a shoot, you know, pick, it would be Razor as well. You know what I mean? Like the guy 
that's what got, that got me through that match you know what i mean like the most like i uh, seeing him he introed it he felt like the leader of the team you know oh what yeah I mean? so, for like, sure so just seeing him in that like you know that role wish he would have been like the guy to win it but <laughs> you know otherwise his team still won it was cool who's the turkey was... who's the who's the flop and real quick um we didn't even talk about like how over razor was oh yeah yeah like yeah. super over like i'm really surprised he never got a run mm-hmm. with the strap i really am he's not missing anything if he has a run with the strap or Imagine. two runs oh, or three, i'm telling you and i mean god forbid because he passed it but that does add to some people's like legacy for for other fans and whatnot i think we would be talking about him in the eddie guerrero convert like the the greats like the, yeah. the greatest if yeah, he yeah, got yeah. that title run yeah for sure yeah it's he a didn't bummer. normally you can kind of see like oh well he was lacking this but you know we covered it on our you know they were never world champion episode when you think back and you name those names like what was he missing man yeah besides the machine behind him dude and not to mention how huge he was you know you like, oh yeah Vince's, always like, you know what i mean like yeah He's you look in that matchup, that opening card, that opening match. It's just like he looks like he's massive. He's always in great shape. Mm-hmm. He's over. He had charisma. He could talk as well. Like underrated, even as Razor, I feel like he's underrated. Like oh yeah, you know what I mean. And um, it's just everything. I don't know. He's super strong too. Throwing around IRS. Oh, and, and honestly, like seeing him there, he looked like he was having fun. He looked happy. He looked healthy. He really did look like a star yep. and a cornerstone. And it's a shame, like three years later, he'd already be out of the company. Like they couldn't figure it out to make him stone cold, Steve Austin or whoever it might be, you mm-hmm. know, because he had the tools, like you said, what did he not have? It, not, the answer is nothing. Like he had it all. And, you know, cause I've heard interviews with him and like, he would talk about like belts and stuff. Like he didn't really care about that stuff, yeah. but like, did diesel care about that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, why didn't Vince, like, think, like, oh, man, this guy, like, it it was always a head-scratcher to me. because he Always the IC level. Always intercontinental. And he had good matches. Like, you go through, you're like, why didn't he? He has one of the greatest matches in history at WrestleMania. I mean, what else do you want? Yeah. He's a good talker. The crowd loved him. He was one of those first, like kind of anti-hero dudes like i just don't get naturally why he... became a baby face as well yes yeah. like, it was undeniable man, that's right. why yeah i wonder if he stays if he gets one you know what i mean because you know he goes over to wcw and it is what it is he doesn't get he one there either you know but he doesn't get crazy. one there because it kind of keeps himself he keeps himself in that same place over there mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and i could understand it in that company more than vince's at the time no, because Vince seemed to be heading in that direction where it wasn't just the typical Hoganites, you know, of the yeah. world, you know, where when you go back to WCW, it is back to that. So he's stuck behind Stinger and Flair and yep. Hogan, yep. you know what I mean? Again, Mach. Mach, you know, so it's sort of like, so I could see how that maybe that's a lateral move for him in terms of the spot on the card, even though he was in the NWO main eventing, you know, I get it. Yeah. But as an individual as a champion individual yeah, exactly. world champion you know so eight months the... before this or i guess it was 11 months in january 93 he fought brett for the wwf title in the royal rumble and uh, he's the ic champ that, here right like yeah, and he's the ic champ here you know so it's like at that time it's there was still that kind of stepping stone feel to that belt you know what i mean for a lot of guys we know perfect didn't get there either or whatever but 
Perfect had to deal with Hogan and stuff. Right, it was just, different. It was a bad time, you know what I mean? But he, uh, uh, Razor, I would have felt like if he signs a, you know, let's say it's a, like a basketball four-year deal or something like that, I'd imagine he's probably back in that picture, but in WCW didn't work out that way. Yeah, man, crazy. Um, definitely a highlight of this this show. Um, so let's rate the overall show. My favorite match, too, that first match. Oh, yeah, we all agree. Sure. That that started so, so high and a lot yeah. of fun, a lot of star power. Like I said, bunch of Hall of Famers in there. Um, Bobby's commentary, like that match, is definitely one that I would like revisit. Mm-hmm. I was telling Frank the reason I picked ninety three. Um, not only is it my wheelhouse, but I remembered that match, mm-hmm. and I thought he would enjoy it. And I thought, oh, from there it'll probably be a fun show, and it was. But like, it didn't really live yeah. up to that first match. After that one. You know, kind of tailed off a little bit, but um, let's rate the overall show. What did you guys think of Survivor Series '93 from Boston, Mass? I thought it was uh overall, it was very fun. You know, there was some stuff that I could do without. I'd probably never go back to the final two matches, but the stuff before those last two matches, I thought was entertaining. I did enjoy it. I watched it this morning, and uh, I left there like, oh, that was fun. I was glad. I'm glad I watched that. I gave it a five out of ten. Seems harsh, but a couple of the lows are very low for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just sort of levels everything out. But uh, five out of ten. Understandable. I'll let you uh, close it out, Duke, and I'll give mine now because sure. uh, I'm actually a little bit better, but not by much. Five and a half out of ten. The lows are quite low when you talk about the mm-hmm. doink match mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the Smoky Mountain, though the action was good didn't really have a place on the show for only six matches. You know, when you really break it down and two of those aren't really that great, it, it yes. kind of brings it down a little bit. So anyways, five out of, out of 10, but um, I would rewatch moments. And I think the all Americans foreign fanatic story slash like tagline holds up as a memory for me, like the Thanksgiving tradition, like it was a um, cool time in my childhood. And I think it's, you know, it's fun enough for me to go back and watch it. So what'd you think Duke? Yeah, I'm with you. Like I said before, like whenever we go back and watch this old school stuff, you're always going to find something, you know, that you enjoy. Um, If I watch it again, just to hear the brain, you know, pop me again with his silliness, like I'll do that. So if I were to break it down, like mathematically, it would get a lower grade because of the dreadful two matches. Mm -hmm. So if I break it down like that, it's a 3.2 overall, but I'm not going to do that because the overall enjoyment of the show, I think was about average. I think it's about a five out of 10. Um, I think there's a couple things that you could have done differently to increase the enjoyment. Um, But I think once again, like Vince was going through it at this time, he had some curveballs with, with Mr. Perfect and with Jerry Lawler. So, you know, for what he had to work with, I think he did a good job. I think if you throw in, um, you know, the heavenly bodies on like a team, maybe, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the rock and roll express on the other side of that team and not have, you know, the four doinks. Although what do we know? Cause like you said, the crowd seemed to love it. Still enjoyable. Always nice to go back. Big fan of survivor series. Obviously, we saw so many big names on this card. Mm-hmm. I mean, that first match alone for us as fans, like that features some of our all-time favorite guys alone in that in first one match. match. Yeah, yeah. So 
and three fifths of the click (laughs) sean yeah i'm sorry diesel razor and kid are all in a match together which is not even though they were a click running up and down the roads like you don't see them in a lot of matches together all at once so this was cool to be my top 10 all time right because mcnutty you don't have a diesel in your top 10 do you I don't know. Yeah, so yeah, three of my top ten all time. Savage, you don't have right? Razor and you, yeah, I mean, you don't have Razor in yours. But right? if we Jungle. go, if we go top Just twenty though, yeah, exactly. If we go top twenty, like that's gonna be. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, like Diesel, does Rick, yeah, does Martel, Rick Martel, yeah, oh yeah, Diesel kid? for for John Boy, Diesel, Martel, Kid, Razor, Mister Perfect. Kid well, was like Perfect, thirteen, Macho. fourteen. Yeah, yeah I mean. so like that's like five out of your top twenty. Like that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I don't know about Rick Martel all the way up there, but I love him. You know I love him to death. Yeah, yeah. Every um, time I see Rick the Model Martel, I think of you. So I know nice. that you have a lot of love for him. That's because of my arrogance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you like my suit? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we rated it. We talked about it. Um, this was cool to see. Like I said, it's a transition period for the WWF. What's cool about it was just a few months later, we would have – Two of the greatest matches ever, the ladder match with Razor and Sean. The seeds were being planted here about the undisputed IC title. Brett and Owen, greatest match maybe ever, took place mm-hmm. at the same show. Um, so it was cool to see like the start of those feuds in this on this show, I guess. Um, and also to see the transitions, the comings and goings. Guys were getting older, guys were heading out. It was a weird time. Um, but yeah, man. Survivor Series is not the same nowadays. They don't really mm-hmm. go to the traditional uh, elimination matches. They've tried over the years, and some were good. Some were underrated, I like I might even say. They really did try. I remember when they had um, a random one with, like, Bischoff comes to mind when he had his Team Orton versus Team Austin. Like, it's kind of a, a decent match if you go back and watch it. But, mm-hmm. but um. Yeah, they've gotten so far away from it. And we're going to have Survivor Series 2023 coming up. We'll review that. War Games. We also have next week Rampage 91, a Coliseum classic. That's going to be fun to go back and watch. Going into a blind. So that'll yeah. be good. And uh, we also have AEW full gear coming up soon. We're going to talk about that. Lots going on. But this was fun to step back in time. Any closing thoughts from you guys on the series, Survivor Series 93? Um, I'm not so much on this show, but I am curious to keep digging into some of these Survivor Series since it's Survivor Series month. Mm. Um, you know, like I'm interested in these teams. I do like the randomness of some of these like team ups. You know, I just want, I just wish they were cooler on both sides all the time. I feel like mm-hmm. it's so heavy one way or another that I'm just like it kind of gives away the game a little bit. But I'm interested. I'm digging it. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna dive deep. I want to be a Survivor Series nerd. We'll see. well duke like we always talk about tournaments are always screwed up in the wwf like survivor series sometimes is always screwed up too because i was going to tell him to watch 91 which i'm sure he's seen but like do you remember how it was supposed to be like sid and and uh lod and the boss man versus jake and then and then they end up doing just a three on three yeah elimination and it's like wait you just took my point is there is not maybe a full complete Survivor Series top to bottom that's perfect mm-hmm. or great, but um, there's some cool teams to be seen. Yeah, there's a lot of lopsided matchups, but I think in the real early ones, though, you at least get like, you know, the Heenan family. It's like Andre, Rude, Haku, 
you know, whoever else against um like Hogan and whoever his team is. But like I think there's some more maybe even matchups and some surprising, you know, finishes and stuff. You're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't win this match. So I don't know. Once again though, like I grew up on it. So it's always I'm gonna have more of a fondness. Um, you know, but definitely always fun to go back in time and see, you know, some of these all-time greats because we saw a lot of all-time greats on this Survivor yeah. Series 93. We sure And did. real quick, um, before we move on, uh, thanks to everybody who checked out um, the Big Daddy Cool Diesel on mm-hmm. Coliseum Classics. It's our most watched video ever for one week, you know, for the time frame. Um be sure on YouTube, if you follow us, to ring that bell so you get notifications. Mm-hmm. So subscribe and then ring the bell so when we drop, you know, the new uh, episodes, you'll get notified. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, no sold underscore podcast. Um, you know, obviously available on all the podcast platforms. We got, like John mentioned, Coliseum Classics next time. We're going to be covering rampage 91 we're on search uh we're in search for the perfect tape we haven't we found still it. are we haven't found it yet uh big d was a lot of fun the survivor series 93 was a lot of fun so and always fun just talking wrestling mm-hmm. it's been fun so we'll catch you next time for rampage 91 for the east west connection it's been no sold and that's the bottom line because no soul said so.